great and powerful odds. I said come back tomorrow. If you are really great and powerful, you'll keep your promises. Do you presume to criticize the great odds? You ungrateful creatures think yourselves lucky that I'm giving you audience tomorrow instead of 20 years from now. Oh, the great Oz has spoken. Oh. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The great Oz has spoken. Who are you? Oh, I, I, I am the great and powerful wizard of Oz. You are? Yeah. I don't believe you. No, I'm afraid it's true. There's no other wizard except me. You humbug! Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's exactly so. I'm a humbug. Oh, you're a very bad man. for a Batman clip. We'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> well, Aaron sent me this fantastic clip of the Joker. Not Heath Ledger, obviously. There wouldn't be much to that clip at this point. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll do that tomorrow. Today, that was for the kid that they buried without a brain yesterday. Here's to you, kid buried without a brain. Uh, kid buried without a brain. Two minutes and 38 seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of January in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 uh, Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for joining us today. It's uh, 503-733-2970 if you'd like to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970. Uh, with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your uh, observations about this, that, or other, or whatever. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, vaguely unsettling, whatever it is that's percolating in your head today. It's 503-733-2970. You can also uh, email if you like. It's rick at... RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. I'm not sure if we have anybody joining us today. Sarah? Nobody's at CNN. It's kind of weird. That's great. So I've been trying to call them for the past 15 minutes, and not one person answered any of the phone numbers I called. Maybe they're all dead. I'm not saying that that's the case. But that's the first thing I think of when I call a business and nobody answers on any of the phones. I always, in my head, I cut to some, I, I cut to some weird post-apocalyptic wasteland where it's like a, a long tracking shot through the office, and just shows like a disembodied dead hand holding a phone that's, you know, with the busy signal. I always think that whenever the, I, like if you call the main office and no one answers, you call an extension, no one answers, you call a voicemail and nobody picks up. I always immediately assume the building has been blown into small particles by some creature from outer space. Maybe they're just a lunch. I think I might just see you. All right. Well, there you go. Well, here's the thing. Theoretically speaking, we'll be talking to Steve Castamon today. Or maybe not. It's too early to say. Uh, That's weird. You know how it's going to write Steve Castamon because we're a little into message trends? Uh-huh. Then he, he immediately he logged off. Yeah. Steve Castamon has run away before you could talk to him. <laughs> uh, well, he's on. Uh, can't you uh, email him with that, though? Yeah, I will right now. All right. I sound like such a, like such a Luddite. 
Isn't it possible to email it? Who was it that said the YouTube? It was Dennis Miller. Dennis said that yesterday. He was talking about something about, oh, I'm going to have to look it up on the YouTube. And I didn't get the idea that it was coming out of his mouth sarcastically. It's pretty great. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll talk to uh, the Steve Kastenbaum from New York City today, maybe. Uh, James Roop is in Los Angeles. Uh, we weren't able to get to him yesterday. It was just as well, actually, because yesterday he just had the... Not his fault, of course. He, you know, he reports the stories he's given. Yesterday was just the same old Britney gibberish. Uh, and then the Oscars. It, today, though, I guess Britney went crazy again in like a hundred <laughs> in a hundred different ways. So, not to be, I mean, I say spoiling it, like you're all on the edge of your seat about it. Uh, I guess she showed up and she did that, what we're now calling just pulled the Britney, where she just showed up at the courthouse yesterday. She walked into the courthouse and then just stood in the hallway for 20 minutes. And then just turned around and left again. And then the judge told her to get effed. Uh, and then she did something even crazier that night at her house. So uh, we'll... Uh, and I don't think it's anything she's done before. The, the great thing about her is, even when she's not escalating the craziness, like even when the craziness is at a baseline of, let's say, seven, it's always in a different way. You, you know what? It, it, it's like inside her head, she's got one of those, like... One of those things at the carpet store where it's all those swatches, you know, on a chain... And they just go, well, would you like uh, seafoam green? How about taupe? And it's just a whole bunch of swatches. It's, so with Brittany, it's just a whole bunch of swatches of crazy. Uh, so we'll uh, talk to Jim about that later on. Uh, clergy watch coming up today. Uh, what else? Uh, democracy on the march coming up today. Uh, I have exciting geek news. It's quite possibly fabricated, but I just don't care. I don't even know if it's real. In fact, it's so exciting, we're going to do it before the bottom of the hour. I have here... Keep in mind, this could be fake. I mean, the thing I've got in my hand, like, I, I actually did read this somewhere, but there's no... And it's from a, a quasi-reputable source. It purports to be uh, a blow-by-blow -blow description of the trailer. This is what a nerd I am. I'm getting excited about a piece of paper that has a description of a trailer about a movie that's not even done. The description itself may, in fact, be fake. But I don't care. It is a shot-by-shot -shot description of the trailer for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. That's cool. Yes, it is. Uh, all right, so we'll do that. Let's see. Um, let's see. A bunch of people. I got this story about a bunch of people being fired for pornography. I was going to hand this to uh, to Tim, and then it's not that interesting. I'm going to throw this away right now. But they're, they're in trouble for spending too much time. Is this the deep in D.C.? Yeah. Oh, you have it then. Oh, yeah, we got some sound. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, never mind then. I spoke too soon. We'll be doing that later on. It's okay to spend a little time, but not too much time. Not too much time. As if there comes a tipping point with company pornography surfing. Uh, I do. I wondered this actually the other day when we were doing that thing where we, when we gave out those websites. We were talking about how free porn is eating into the porn industry profits, and we were talking about that X-Porn or Tube or Red, Red something. Or, I don't even remember what it was, uh, but we gave out a bunch of URLs for free porn. I do wonder if you could have tracked, like, Portland productivity over the next hour, if it would have gone down, you know, gone down about 40%. Like, I, I wish you had a map of some kind, the way you could just, like, one of those NORAD maps where you're in the war room and you see the missiles launching and you see whatever, just to see, like, where productivity went down across America after we talked about that. Um... Yeah, Democracy in the March Geek Watch. <clears throat> Pardon me, Clergy Watch coming up. Um, I got an interesting little piece of production a guy sent to me. Um, we are not talking to the Inquirer woman today. That is next Thursday. Done. Um, all right, and, and there you go. And uh, your phone calls and your whatnots. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Thursday. Road crews getting ready for the chance of snow tonight. 
Why do I sound so different today? Do you? You know, somebody told me that I actually sounded different, not on the mic, but like just speaking. Is yeah. your processing different? Yeah, it is. Well, I can get used to it. A, right. a gang member. You're a pro. A gang member attacks riders aboard a TriMet bus. Funeral arrangements have been completed for Heath Ledger. Barry Kidd also was the first person called after his body was found. Well, of course. A fan sues the Blue Man Group after they allegedly shoved an esophagus cam down his throat. <laughs> and it was a Missouri man offers cop five bucks and painkiller pills to kill off his wife. Well, I mean, of course the esophagus cam goes down your throat. Where else are you going to shove that? The esophagus cam goes down your esophagus. That is true. You know, anyway, uh, Aaron wants it known that something in the mist took CNN. All right. Thank you. Uh, well, they've been saying it's going to snow for like four days now, and it hasn't snowed. It's not going to snow. It's not going to snow anywhere. It's it, supposed to snow today? But see, but they keep saying yes, that. Yes, yes. I mean, no, nah, but see, that, but, 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 it's only, A, it's only going to snow like way up in the West Hills at the Martini House. And B, down here it always does that thing where it tries to snow. You know, where it sort of, you know, it sort of spits snow for for a few minutes, and then it never sticks, and then it goes away. And so I'm tired of the snow hole being dangled in front of me because I get all excited about it and nothing happens. Well, I'm in the media and I'm in news, and I'm expected to do that. All right, <laughs> you're expected to ratchet up the people's expectations and fears yeah. about things that won't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right. Uh, la, 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 la. All right. Uh, join the days. Are we always by the lovely and talented Sarah Dylan? Hello. I hope it doesn't snow during the show. Hello. Because you, you rode your bike. Yes, again. Three out of four days. Yep. Are you just trying to shame me? Is that your whole thing? No, it's just like it's, it's way too pretty and there isn't an excuse. So I can just wear, you know, four sweatshirts and a jacket. You don't need an excuse, Sarah. I think I've shown that you don't need an excuse not to... I'm... What makes me mad is that all you do is shove Totino's pizzas in your face and yes. you never work out and you stay thin. Well, I don't know. I just eat really badly and I never work out. I don't know how I stay so yeah. thin. Yeah, I sound like every dumb... Uh, I sound like every Heidi Klum, uh, like, idiot mom. And the thing is, I don't stay thin. I just don't get any fatter. It's not that I'm in shape. Uh, I just don't get... I don't get more fat. I sort of have reached, like... I don't know. I've reached some sort of... What is that? Not a baseline. What is that thing? Water reaches its own. Well, I don't know. I've reached some, some sort of event horizon, so, some ceiling on my fat them. Heidi Klum looks like a lampshade with legs. <laughs> you ever see her walk? Wow. Well, she does. I'll take bottom line for a thousand. Really? I think so. Did you ever see her silhouette when she walks behind the screen for uh, uh, that, that show that she's on? No. She looks like a lampshade with legs. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Uh, all right. Uh, Project Runway is the name of that show. Uh, I, I keep confusing Project Runway with America's Next Top Model. Yeah, that's a different show. All right, America's yeah. Next I just, Top Model is Tyra. No, I just, yeah, see, I, the, the, the two of them get all mixed up in my head. Uh, it's like, what was the other that was constantly confusing? Oh, hey, by the way, uh, I don't want to, I was going to I was jumping ahead of myself there. I was going to start, I was talking about reality shows that I get confused with other reality shows. Um, we may have, I don't know, I won't know until later today. We may have, uh. A quasi-interesting guest uh, from a uh, from a current reality program uh, joining us on the show next week. I don't know any current reality programs. I do, Sarah. Uh, don't Would worry it be about one it. that I'd that I'd ever watch? Uh, it'd be one you'd be interested in watching, but I don't think it's one you have watched. Is it a newer one? Has yes. it had multiple seasons? Uh, new. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not were they a celebrity any... before they were nah, on the show? No, no, no. I'm not going to give anything else away. No, 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 because it might not even happen. It's not confirmed. Okay. So, uh... Hey, I met this guy this weekend that I think would be a really interesting guest. Okay. He's a, um, he walked from Georgia to here. Why? Um, I don't know, because he was like he was like this trained, um, he has like a PhD and he's like a professor of philosophy and stuff. He walked the Appalachian Mountains. 
Oh, wait. His name, no. I met him. I met him downtown in a bar. His name is. Uh, I have his email address, but he goes his his working his like climbing name is Mover, and he walks like 2,100 miles in sandals. There's a guy named Bill Bryson who did a thing like that, uh, where he walked the Appalachian Trail and wrote a book about it. So that yeah. kind of stuff is sort of weird to me. It was totally bizarre, and he had all of his belongings on his back, and he's like just hanging out at this bar, the nicest guy ever. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna. It's freezing outside. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go, you know, pitch a tent in the woods. See, here's right the there. here's the thing. I trust you when you say you met a guy who'd make an interesting guest, as opposed to almost everybody else who tells us that. Because everybody else who tells us, I got this guy that'd be a great guest. That's always like the same guy that goes, I got this band that'd be really wonderful. It was, it was unnerving because he sounds like the crazy and he wasn't always completely normal. He's like, all right, well, you know, you guys have a fun night. I'm just going to go take my tent and sleep in the woods. Weird. Yeah. yeah I just, uh, you know, I kind of, it's like that Into the Wild thing. Um, it, it, well, we're going to be giving away copies of that, by the way. We've got the In the Wild, Into the Wild DVD we're going to be giving away copies of. Uh, that was but, the best movie of last year. Really? I think so. They're I, memorable anyway. I haven't seen that. I, it has its fault. See, here's the thing is, and, and, and I, not to get sidetracked by that. I have this weird dichotomy with that Into the Wild movie where I am fully prepared to admit sight unseen that it's a great movie because Sean Penn just doesn't make bad films. Sean Penn makes good movies, period. Uh, whatever anybody thinks of his politics, he's a great filmmaker. Um, so I have no doubts that it's a good film. I just am so reluctant to see it because I'm, I'm reluctant to meddle with the image of that guy in my head uh, because that book was so great. Part of me is, is really hesitant to see the movie and to, like, overwrite that file in my head with, with the film version of it. Because I, I live in fear of the one flew over the cuckoo's nest syndrome, where it was just the best book I'd ever read in my life. Probably to this day the best book I've ever read. And then it, But then it's like for about five years after seeing that movie, I couldn't get Jack Nicholson out of my head. So, I don't know. I, I may see it. I may not. Um, boy, we're, boy, we're all, all off kilter here. Um... And you know why we're off kilter is because I was trying to use this opening segment here to get to stuff from yesterday, which we didn't get to because we were talking to Steve Kastenbaum about Heath Ledger. So instead, I'm going to jump ahead even further, and I'm going to get to some notes from last night. Speaking of weird guys that you see on television, so i got a couple observations here. First, I was watching Larry King last night for reasons that escaped me. Larry King is one of those things that I sit and watch, and it's like you... It, it, it's like when you're sitting there eating, like, some bad leftover clam dip from a party that you had the night before, and you're just shoving, like, shoving broken wheat thins into it and then putting it in your mouth. You're going, I don't really like this. And you continue to eat it. But he's an automated index card reader. And you, and you, but you sort of wonder, like, it's making you feel kind of sick, That's and it's I not very every good. Time I'm, like, halfway through a Crunchwrap Supreme. I'm like, oh, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. And then, like, halfway through, it's like, you've got to commit to it. That's like me with the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm, but I'll get about halfway through that Mexican pizza, and I'm just like, oh, God, why... Why am I doing this? But then you're pot committed. You're halfway through and you already paid for it. With Larry King, it's free. It's on my television. I didn't rent the Larry King show. It's there. I could change the channel, but I don't. I just didn't watch it. So I'm watching Larry King last night. He had on his program last night, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this call. The weirdest looking guy I have ever seen in my entire life. Not even ugly, like as such. I don't even know that he's an unattractive man per se. He's just the strangest looking man I have ever seen. What's his name? I'd never heard of him before, but maybe you guys know who he is. You uh you you and Tim are plugged into the media. His name is Stephen Kojokaru. I'm sorry, Stephen Kojo Kojokaru. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Kojo he looks Kari. like Jesus, he looks like Paul Williams. Oh, I know exactly who that merged is. with like Taylor Dane. He's a fashionista guy. I can't. What is his deal? 
He's a he's like a makeup artist. Okay, but I mean slash, that's not what I mean. Like genetically, like chromosomically speaking. He was on the drugs for a while. He used to be a lot thinner, and then I think he went through rehab and stuff and came out looking like a chubby woman. Yeah, but that's but that's my thing is it's not like it's not like uh, his the way he dresses or it's whatever. I can't figure out his gender. Okay, I mean Tim, look at this. Look at this man. Uh, and that picture doesn't even really do him justice. Oh, can, can you put that on your blog? Yes. This, this specific picture? I'm gonna, uh, a, a, a representative picture. His his name is Stephen Kojakaru, and it's uh, that last name is spelled C-O-J-O-C-A-R-U, in case anybody wants to look this up. C-O-J-O-C-A-R-U. Stephen Kojakaru. I sat and looked at the screen for about ten minutes last night, watching him speak, thinking to myself, like, what is this thing on my screen? And <laughs> I mean, and I'm not trying to be an ass about this, but I know is he, he is the freakiest looking. Is thing. he transgendered? No. Is he a? I'm not trying to be a jerk. Is he like a hermaphrodite or something? Because you know, you know, it's fine, whatever. You're just as the Lord made you, I suppose. Well, because when I saw him, see, this is what he used to look like. I watched him. He was on the Tyra show, or on um, right. America's Next Top. He used to look like that. Okay, well, that's a little bit more normal. Yeah, he just looks like a, a okay, pretty but now man looks like Vicky Lawrence. He back looks like Calvin yeah, But but I mean, he looks like Paul Williams and 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 Diane Keaton or somebody. Like he is an almost perfect hybrid of man and woman. Like if you had told me it was a woman. Kind of just again like Diane Keaton because you know Diane Keaton has that great look where it's it's like a like a business suit and like an ascot just looks hot just full on hot but kind of manly. If you had told me that that was a woman kind of just dressed in a mannish style, I would have been like, oh, all right. It, I, I, it looks like he may have gone away to Mexico for the weekend to have something done that went awry. <laughs> Mr. Colchicaro, I heard you were becoming a lady. <laughs> you know, it's funny how Ed Wood can be used in any circumstance. Mexico was a disaster. The doctor was a quack. There's nothing you can't use Ed Wood God, for reference. That is, you know what? And, and now I just appreciate it. You gotta so go watch more. it again. You gotta watch it ten times in a row. I have to go buy it on VHS. Oh man! So, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. I don't. Yeah, but you know what? I, I forgot in my um, trusty MacBook I can watch movies on there. That is true. And I watched the worst movie last night. Which Did you is? ever watch Eagle versus Shark? Oh no! I would never watch that. No, oh, hell Heather no. And I, my friend Heather and I are, you know, really love Flight of the Concord, so we rented it. It was the most pretentious piece of crap I have ever seen. It's an even worse version of Napoleon Dynamite. It was awful. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I knew. That's one of those movies. I'd never, five... I'd never heard of it Oh, I all. saw the trailer. Oh. I remember going to see some art crap in the theater, and they showed the trailer for Eagle vs. Shark. And, Lauren, do you do this when you go to see trailers for somebody? You, or you go to see the movie and the trailer's playing, and you, whoever you're at the movie with... You guys, at the end of the trailer, or maybe even halfway through, you'll look at each other, and you'll be like, yes, no, or... Like, uh, I saw... What is that movie, that How I Met Your Mother? Or whatever that movie is that's coming out now, where the guy's telling his... <clears throat> the guy's telling his daughter three different stories about three different women that might have been her mother. Oh, the new one with Ryan Reynolds? Whatever. Yeah, and I turned to Laura, and I'm like, you'll see this, but I won't. You I know, totally want to see done. it. Done. You know, that's, but that's the thing, is, you know, you decide in the... Tra about ten seconds into that trailer for Eagle vs. Shark... I turned to Laura and I said, never. I said, never. Not if you put a gun to my head. If you try to make me see this, I will divorce you. And she didn't. And I knew it was bad from the trailer. I'm proud to say that I spotted from the get-go that that movie was terrible. It, well, I just, I love his character, Jermaine, so much. And I was hoping, but he, in turn, turns out to be my greatest fear in that. Yep. He is just yep. a pretentious, like, oh, look at me with my kooky haircut. It was really... Look at me with my quirk that takes even, the place of actual character. We turned it off. It was so bad. We Excellent. didn't even finish it. Good for you. Anyway, so Stephen uh, Kojo, Kojo Karu, who you can now see at sarahxdillon.com, 
is without a doubt the weirdest looking man I have ever seen on television. And again, I'm not trying to knock him. I guess he has a show that he does. He's like a yeah. He's like you a, know what's strange about him is that his teeth are the same size on the top as they are on the bottom. He's insane looking. It's he, what does he do? Does he host a show? Is it like a what like, not to wear type yeah, thing? Yeah, he's like a stylist slash makeup uh, I artist. I can see that. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so go to SarahXDillon.com <laughs> and you can see this. He, it's just... <laughs> I'm looking at the photo right now. I mean, Tim totally nailed it. It's like, it is like a weird gender reassignment thing gone wrong. I mean... So he's wearing like a lady scarf, kind of. I heard you're wearing a lady scarf. <laughs> I sat and I watched Larry King, and Larry King, of course, is... Because he's not turn away. Larry King is sitting across the counter for this freak of a human, and... So, uh, anyway, we're talking to Stephen Kojikaru. And I guess he had, like, a kidney replacement at some point, and he's like, so tell me about your kidneys. And uh, the guy's like, well, I had I had a kidney replaced, and, and Larry's going... And you can tell that in Larry's head, he's just thinking, who are you? Why am I talking to you? I'm Larry King. Um, and so the guy is like... Uh, and this guy's talking about his kidney transplant. And then later, after after the interview segment is done, they cut to this off-site, this like B-roll B that they had filmed, where it's this guy, Stephen Kojikaru, going through Larry King's wardrobe and helping him decide what to wear and what not to wear. And so, I mean, and they're showing Larry King's shoe closet, where he just has endless rows of shoes. And meanwhile, this this guy thing... Is helping Larry King go through his wardrobe. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You never think of Larry King having anything below the waistline. That's true. Really, honestly. I thought he was just connected to a chair on casters. <laughs> <laughs> you think of Larry King as being like that that Madame Ruby marionette inside the fortune-telling thing in Big, where uh -huh. it's just a torso mounted on, like, a swivel, and it, like, scratches out a fortune when you put a quarter in, and then goes back to sleep. Anyway, so yeah, go to SarahXDillon.com and check out that picture. A um, couple other things. Speaking of weird people, so I was looking at the front of the uh, the Globe this morning. Not the Inquirer, but the Globe while waiting at Plaid Pantry. And they had the greatest headline about Cher and her daughter, uh, Chastity. Is that it? Yes. And it was like one of those... Um, it was like one of those sort of Japanese monster mil film things where it's like, you know, see the giant crab creature that destroys Tokyo, or whatever. This was... It says... Uncovered, shares new television program, and then a huge like inside a Starburst with 300 pound daughter. I mean, it was it was really weird. It was like they were promoting a Mexican wrestling match or something, you know. Plus the Masked Avenger it was shares program, and then in the huge letters an exclamation mark with 300 pound daughter. It was like Share was the band, but 300 pound daughter was the opening act or something. Um, finally, uh, I want to thank. Uh, I won't mention who they are. I want to thank my television service provider for screwing me out of a, something last night that I've been waiting days to watch. I was waiting to watch Life Without People last night. Life Without People is a great uh, documentary. It's based on a book called Life Without Us, and it's a great look at what would happen to the Earth and oh, to our that. civilization yeah, if that. humans vanished. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a I Am Legend sort of a thing. Yeah. It's like if all the humans vanished tomorrow, what would happen to the city? What would happen to our infrastructure? What would happen to the statues we built? What would happen to... Basically, what would happen to the world we have built if we vanished tomorrow? And I guess the upshot is, is that everything would be gone in like 10 years except for Mount Rushmore. But I don't know that because... It did this thing of taping the whole two-hour documentary, just the sound, no picture. Oh. On the black screen, lots of sound, no picture. Thanks. 
How'd that happen? You could hear what the world would be like. I could hear what the world would be like. <laughs> just a lot of crickets. Maybe that was the maybe. Maybe it was, it was just all it that was meta. blackness. Yeah. Maybe it was a. Maybe that was a their thing inside a thing. thing. So thanks so much for that. I'm sure it'll air again at some point. Mm-hmm. That's fine. All right. Uh, Jesus, it's 11:25. Do we know if we have Steve Castamon? Have you found him? We do. We have both of them. All right. Uh, okay. So let's do a couple of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. 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 How are you? What's up? Not much. Uh, hello, Sarah and Tim. Yeah. Hello. But, uh, Rick, I don't know how you missed the line. Sarah says this, this guy was going to go out in the woods and pitch a tent. I heard that. I just decided not to comment on it. Oh, I oh. see. <laughs> okay, that, that's it. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Not everything needs to be commented on. Well, who's going to put up a tent? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. Hi, Sarah, Tim, Rick. Hello. hello. I don't remember if uh, you remember about one year, two months, a week, and a couple of days ago, my uh, girlfriend dropped her cell phone in her toilet. Oh, yeah, you're the guy. Yeah, you brought your toilet down, and we smashed it and found her cell phone. Yeah, well, uh, this morning she was doing that dirty deuce, and it happened again. Are you kidding me? No, I swear to God, but this time... uh, She dropped a second cell phone into the toilet? Yeah, this time that... she had faster reactions and got it before it went down, Ugh. and we had to do a whole repeat. Oh, yeah, maybe you uh, ought to get her a landline, or maybe just like an, uh, you know, uh, a box. You no, know, we get one of those like old brick cell phones. They can't go through that hole. That's the what motor, we need to do. The Motorola. All yeah. right. Well, it's got a pink razor phone too. Uh, the good news is though that that pink razor has been power washed and it's now framed and hanging in my office. Yeah, we went to the Rick Listener Emerson show and we saw it there. We were so proud. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your continued cell phone misfortune, sir. Yeah, we'll call back if it happens again. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, okay. So there you go. Let's see. Um, Oh, I got the greatest liner, by the way. I'm just going to play this. There's a guy. What is his name before I get ready to play this? Let's see. Um, his name is Bruce Pulley. And he's, I guess he's just he's, he's one of those guys that does voice work. And like one of like our guy, Max, that does our... Uh, you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. That guy, he does voice work. And, you know, and, and, and we're really happy to the guy we've got. But, he, you know, he's a listener. And he's like, hey, in case you ever need another station voice... I'm available. Here's some of the stuff I do. And so he sent us a sample liner. And a lot of times guys who do voice work or production work for radio stations will send you sample bits of production to sort of let you know what it would sound like if they did your voice work. So, you know, for example, like we have Max who does, uh, does all of our voice work here. This guy, Bruce, though, sent us a sample liner. And he's like, in case you should ever need somebody, I'm available. Here's something for you. This is what he chose to send us. This is... This is how uh, this is how we are viewed uh, by the public at large. The Rick Emerson Show, wrecking relationships since nineteen. Nur, nur, nur. Nur, nur, nur. But I mean, a the nur, nur, nur thing is kind of great because he's just sort of rather than just trying to pretend that he knows how long we've been on, he just sort of punts. And also just the idea that the Rick Emerson Show, wrecking relationships since nineteen. Nur, nur, nur. Of all the things he could have represented us with, of all the phrases he could have used. Of all of the accomplishments and achievements he could have mentioned in the liner, he just focused right into the fact that we seem to destroy relationships left and right. So, well, we do. Well, at least we've got a, a specialty. Yes. Oh yeah, I never did tell you about what happened with that yesterday. But um, anyway, so Squid just wrote me and he said that it sounds like you recorded the high def stish, uh, station and not the normal channel. I don't think I get the high def station. Maybe you do. How would I? Uh, 
Really? How do? Didn't they, didn't they secretly do that to all of our TVs without our consent? I don't know. Well, how do I know if I'm getting from? Uh, why? Why do things have to be so hard? To be fair, I just went to TiVo.com and I entered in the name of the show and I said, "Tape it." And so maybe, but 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 I think TiVo.com knows that I don't have high def. I think. You know, TiVo.com isn't a person, right? <laughs> Shut up. TiVo is a person. TiVo loves me. TiVo and Steven Kojo Kojokaru. They. What kind of name is Kojokaru? Isn't that like an Asian name? He looks. He's the whitest guy I've ever he's seen. Not white. He's incredibly. I'm looking at his photo right here. He looks like he's blonde. Not, not... Incredibly pale skin, ruby red lips. No, there's You're a different ethnicity me, in there. That's not a white man. No, it's not a white man. He's the same color you are. No, he's not. He's tanner than me. No, he is. He. All right. Gosh darn you, Rick. Gosh darn you, Rick Emerson. All right. Uh, well, we've gotten totally off, off off the point here. So here's the things we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, well, we got the glorious bastard of the week coming up later in the day. I ha- I'm going to read this Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Uh, I'm sorry, Raiders, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We haven't gotten to my whole... I had this disaster yesterday morning that I wanted everybody to share my pain on. Uh, we'll try to get to that, and then Sarah's going to think about whether she wants to describe what happened when she was bowling on Tuesday. You ponder that. Oh. Um, let me read this. This is the alleged blow-by-blow for the trailer for the new Indiana Jones film. I will read this, then we'll break and come back to Steve Kastenbaum. This comes to us from Ain't It Cool News. Uh, so this is this is unsourced, as they say. No one knows if this is true, but the general consensus is this is 90% accurate. The trailer starts off with the Paramount logo, then shows the idol from the start of Raiders of the Lost Ark, that golden idol that he gets in and loses to Belloc. Words come across the screen and say... He found the Ark. Then clips from the Temple of Doom. And the voiceover says, He survived the Temple. Then a third clip uh, clip of the third movie, and it says, He saved the Grail. Oh, they're totally playing on everybody's oh, I know. emotions. Oh. oh, no, just just like and in... The, oh, we were going to see little clips of those? And just oh, like in... Uh, I remember seeing the teaser trailer for uh, Star, Star Wars 1, The Phantom Menace, before we knew it sucked. And it just... And it had just that slow Luke's theme that... That and the words on the screen that you know, every journey begins with a single step. <laughs> every hero has an origin. Every saga has a beginning. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We were all like geeking out and weeping and anyway. <laughs> so it says he saved the Grail. Then it shows a clip of a car pulling up and Indiana being thrown from the car. Then it says on May 22nd he is back. And it shows him picking up his hat and the silhouette of Indiana Jones, cue theme song. Really fast action scenes follow. The highlight is a car chase scene in the warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. One quick shot shows a box labeled Roswell. The trailer shows Kate Blanchett with dark hair ordering troops around. The teaser then shows a huge Mayan temple where the actors fall through quicksand. The temple opens up. They start running down a long staircase where stairs are coming out of the walls. After more quick action scenes, the trailer ends with Shia LaBeouf standing at the bottom of the stairs looking up at Harrison Ford. Shia says, I thought you said you were a teacher. After two quick scenes where Indiana punches a guy, it cuts back to Harrison Ford who says, part time. Says, I wasn't expecting much, but I was much more surprised and pleased with what I saw than I thought it would be. There you go. So that's the word from a guy who said he's seen the trailer. All very exciting. Who's excited? Raise your hand. Everyone. All right. Uh, back after this with Steve Kastenbaum later on the Ministry of Truth, James Roop, Clergy Watch, all that. Stay there. It's the. I got some layers. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh-uh. 
Uh-oh. Rick, Stephen Cotricaro is the fashion guy for Entertainment Tonight or something. He had cancer and went through treatment and puffed up due to steroids and other stuff. That's why he's all puffy. Nicely done on making fun of a cancer patient. Kudos. Thank you. Well, what are you going to do? I didn't know that. I knew he had a bad kidney. Let's see. Here's an email from a guy who is glad to see that we're back on the air because when he went to prison a couple years ago, <laughs> we were off. Thank you, uh, Dave. Let's see. What else? Um... I hate when people say when they went to prison they don't mention why. I don't. You, you always want to know. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, let's see. Hey, about the world without people. Rick, just wanted to let you know that show was great. I successfully recorded it, and I'm going to go home and watch it again tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, okay, so we got Steve Kastenbaum uh, coming up here in just a, uh, just a moment. Um, Okay, so what? it's 11.38, so we have no time to start anything uh, really uh, big here. Let me just, um, I'm really, I don't know what to do here, actually. I'm looking around and everything, everything I've got is huge. Everything, uh, everything in this pile is going to take more time than I've got. Uh, because we have Steve coming up in just a, uh, in just a moment. Wait, let me go down the list here. No, 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 no. Sarah, do you remember who Fido Dido was? Fido Dido. Uh-uh. No. No. And no. Okay, we're done. Uh, have you thought about, because um, yesterday we didn't get to do our typical, our, 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 you know, what did we all do last night segment. And I know that's Thursday, and so that would actually make it, what did you do Tuesday night? Well, last night I watched Eagle versus Shark. And hated your life. And last night hated I did it. And I did nothing. You know what I did last night? I Because uh, Lara is gone. She's still out of town, seemingly forever. So I just ate Gino's pizza rolls in front of the television. And I did that thing of like. I've never had Gino's pizza. Are they the same as Totino's pizza? Yeah, rolls? basically. Yeah, they're they're a little more upscale. Oh. They cost fourteen cents more or something. Oh, um, so I heated those in the microwave, and it's that, and I burned the roof of my mouth. It's that thing where. Where they explode in your mouth? It... Okay, no. <laughs> Can we dump that? No, no, it's genius. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sarah, it's exactly that way. No, we're like you bite into oh, it, the pressure builds and, up, and all of a sudden, like. And the surface temperature burn. is one thing, but the temperature inside is like molten lava. Um, and so you're like, you know, because you sort of pick it up and your fingers, when you pick it up in your hand, your fingers tell you the temperature of it, right? I mean, it's like an evolutionary thing. You pick it up and you go, is this safe to eat? Yes. I'm holding it in my hand. It seems to be warm, but not too warm. All, you know, okay. You throw it in your mouth and then you bite into it and and then you just feel like the magma uh, in your mouth and you get, oh no. And then you realize that your mouth has gotten like that Captain Crunch effect where the next day it's just going to feel. So the roof of my mouth is all like red and burned today. So that's good. Um, so and that's then it's the burning and then the peeling. Yes, it is. Ah. So anyway, so that's what I did last night. You did a whole lot of nothing last night. Tuesday night, however, uh, you went bowling with Richie as part of the AM 970 or the radio all-star bowling team because squids on it, whatever whatever we're calling it. Yeah. Um. Which is funny because it was such a big deal, but everybody's teams who have, you know, names like KFO, like, it's no KFO people. We were were going to call it the AM 970 team, but then we were told that because there's somebody from Intercom playing in our team, and people at Intercom can read whatever into that that they'd like, uh, we're not calling it the AM 970 team. It's the Radio All-Stars. So while you were bowling on Tuesday night, Sarah Dillon... Oh, Steve Kastenbaum's here. Steve Kastenbaum's there. So we'll just tease this a little bit here. While you were bowling on Tuesday... Any number of things might have happened. Now, I know you've been weighing whether or not to talk about it, and I don't mean to tease this to the audience if, it's, if you're not going to talk about it, but I, I just want to know where you are on it. I don't know. I don't know, because after the conversation I had yesterday, I feel a little 
Like the person who's involved is very aware, but I don't think he realizes what a psycho person she actually is. So you encountered someone's, it, it, this is a, a, just your opinion, uh, protected by the First Amendment. In your editorial opinion, you encountered someone's psycho girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Well, let's think on it. Ladies and gentlemen from New York City, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. I, w I want to hear the psycho girlfriend story. Yeah, so do we all, but uh, it, it remains to be seen. We, uh, I, I, we we're going to try to figure out how to uh, how to approach. I know that, I I'm trying because I don't want anyone's feelings to get. Hurt. Well, I want one specific person's feelings to get hurt. One, not so much. Apparently, here's the deal. We know just. I know we're speaking in a lot of vagaries here. Um, so uh, we know someone who is. Who has a girlfriend that um, has that been... nobody likes, but no, everyone's afraid <laughs> to tell him. They've been deduced to be. But psycho. I'm telling you right now, you know who nobody likes her, <laughs> and then it's all being put on me to tell this story so that all of your friends can tell you that they don't like her. Uh, I know... oh, I've, been, I've been there. We, oh man, I, I've had friends like that. I know yeah. we're talking, and I know we're talking in Mad Libs here. I, I know that it sounds frustrating to the audience, and it sounds like we're becoming a Sweet Valley High novel. <laughs> but it's, but because we are trying to keep all the names out of this, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, want to drag anybody specifically through the mud. But but everybody's had that situation where there's a you know a, a friend of yours, and sometimes it's a woman, sometimes it's not. There's a friend of yours who is dating somebody who's clearly nuts. And, but, it, and, nobody, and, you can't, and they can't see it, and, you, and everyone yeah, else can see and it. And they are totally blind to it. That's the thing. is, that, And it's worse, and this isn't the case, but it's worse when they're engaged to the person. Have you ever done that? Where somebody is engaged, like a friend of yours gets hooked up, you know, gets engaged with some girl, and you can all see that the girl is like a shrew? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had a friend uh, after high school who was doing what they call marrying up. Uh -huh. You know, yeah, you know, met, met a girl from a, a very well-to-do family and, and – uh, Man, as soon as as soon as they got married, boy, did she change! All yeah. of a sudden, uh, oh, you know, the the term "I got a headache" uh, kept popping up all the time, and he suddenly uh, was no longer uh, allowed to socialize with us anymore. She turned into into total psycho. Oh, oh no, it's terrible. true, and I, and I know that guys will sometimes do that too. Guys will get married, and then they, you know, the, the sort of the inner jerk becomes the outer jerk. That's women certainly don't have a monopoly on that, but as a guy. The, usually the experience I have is with guy friends who will hook up with, get married to, get engaged to some hose beast. Um, I had a guy, and this really is a guy in another state. This is a long time ago. A friend of my guy I worked with, good guy, uh, but a good guy who, like a lot of good guys, just was smart about everybody's relationship but his own. You know, the thing where it's like, and I think we're all guilty of this to some degree, where it's like you have a blind spot when it comes to your own relationship. He was nobody's idea of a good-looking guy, successful, funny, smart, you know, could totally spot people and read them correctly, except when it came to girls he was dating. And, man, this guy, I will, I'll narrow this down to say that it was in Utah when I lived there. He had been uh, married, got divorced. And that, I swear to you, within six weeks of his divorce, he was actually engaged to this other girl. And we were just like, dude, what? Except we didn't say any of this to him, of course. What we said was, oh, congratulations. She's a great girl. <laughs> may, may, may the bounty of a full marriage be yours, Bob. But, of course, what we were thinking is, oh, you are so effed. You are so... And, we, <laughs> and, actually, and there were jokes. Like, when we went to his, um, we, we went to one of his, uh, whatever, his bachelor party or whatever. And it was like, what should we get him? And the common joke among our circle of friends was, uh, well, we're going to get him one of those do-it-yourself divorce kits because he's going to need it in, like, six months. Um, and sure enough, he ignores us all, he gets married, and then he's divorced within six months, 
<laughs> and then, of course, this is the other thing that always happens. He marries this girl on the rebound, gets divorced six months later, and then, of course, what do we all do? Look, dude, I mean... Dude, we knew. I mean, we, she was no good. We, we tried to tell you. And he's, why didn't you warn me? I'm like, because you can't. There's no warning. No warning. Where, there's no warning that is sufficient. Because you can't. Because here's the other thing. And I hate to be venting all this on you, Steve. I know you're here to talk about Heath Ledger. But, you know, life is for the living. So. Oh, you know, Steve's human. He, he loves it. Well, and you know this. Yeah, too. I mean, please. I've been talking about Heath Ledger nonstop for 48 hours. I need, to, I need some distraction here. Then you know that this is true. He, here's another thing that we all know to be the case. That. If you try to warn a friend about someone they are dating, and again, doesn't matter of whatever gender, you try to marry, you try to warn somebody about a friend, uh, you know, a friend warn a friend about somebody they're dating. A, they disbelieve you, and B, about half the time they also think you're an a-hole for trying to warn them. And then C, they inevitably tell the person you are trying to warn them about. Well, and now I feel guilty because now I feel like the bad person because I'm getting text messages from a person saying to shut my mouth. But Don't it's like, talk about it. But I didn't do anything. And therefore, I'm like, for me having to defend myself and saying, wow, this person really hurt my feelings. Now I have to feel guilty for saying that I didn't do anything in the first Guilty place. for speaking the truth, Sarah. Yeah. Truth to power. All right. Well, in any event. You know who needs a do-it-yourself divorce kit? Uh, Osama bin Laden's son's new wife. You know, she's uh, Osama bin Laden's son. You heard about that interview we, we had on CNN and then a couple of other networks uh, I, wound up interviewing him. I apologize. No, I didn't. Oh, oh, oh. He's really... Uh, very interesting. He's one of Osama bin Laden's many children. Uh, he had been training uh, with uh, them in, in Afghanistan up until 2000 when he decided to leave because he didn't like the direction that his father and, and their followers were, were going in. Really? And he felt like there was some sort of big fight coming up uh, or whatnot. Anyway, I'll cut to the chase. He's in Egypt now, and he's, and he's totally westernized. He's got like this crazy long hair that's braided and pulled back really, really long, and he's a big, tall guy wearing these really super tight muscle T-shirts and the designer European jeans. Anyway, he married this woman who's from England who's something like 30-something-odd years older than him, or close to 30 years older than him, and he, well, first of all, she's his second wife. You know, they're allowed to have, you know, four sure, wives yeah. under, under uh, uh, Islamic law, Well, but, but she, uh, he is her fifth Husband, fifth. Wait, I mean, but she can only have one husband at a time, so right. she's I, she so only... she's gone through four other guys before she decided that Osama bin Laden's son was the. Until <laughs> so I met Osama bin Laden Jr. and then I knew I had found my life partner. Jesus. That's basically what she's saying. You know, here's, I mean, here's what I don't understand. I've said this forever. Okay, uh, you know, you get married once, you get divorced. Everybody's entitled. Uh, it is America, the land of the 50% bust-up rate. Uh, you get married a second time and you get divorced, you don't need to get married again. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I mean, you, when you do reach that sort of insane, like, three, four, five divorces, I mean, at what point do you just kind of go, you know, not for me. Not to, It's not working out. So, yeah. Well, all right. And she's 30 years older than he is? Something like that. She's in her, like, mid-50s, and he's, in a, he's like, in his mid-20s. I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day, about the difference between the difference in ages but how the different genders view it um about uh, for example men have obviously you know no prize well documented no problem dating a younger girl you know if you're a guy who's 40 and you date some girl who's 25 everybody says hey look go go you know way to go guy but i i know a lot of women who actually won't date guys 
who are substantially younger than them because the automatic assumption is that the guy has some weird mom fetish or something. or that The women automatically yep. feel like the guy has some perverse reason for wanting to date them. I know a lot of women who assume that. There'll be, you know, some woman who's 35, she gets hit on by a 22-year-old, she's like, ah, I don't know, that's just creepy. Like she thinks that the guy has some weird motivation for it. Right, unless you're Demi Moore, of course. Yes. Uh, right. um, well, let's move from Demi Moore to Ashton Kutcher to Heath Ledger to... Whatever I and I and I'm not trying to diminish the whole thing, but at this point, there's really not a whole lot to say until because it's what it's going to be like two weeks or something before we get the full toxicology. Uh, as long as two weeks, yeah. They they're um, they're doing the blood workups and the tissue tests now. Uh, you know, we we found out that CNN found out uh, that uh, not only had he had some prescriptions for sleep aids and anxiety drugs, he uh, apparently had been suffering from the flu, and a doctor gave him a prescription for antibiotics. So it's not clear whether uh, if if the antibiotics were mixed with any of his other uh, prescription medications in any sort of dosages would that have caused a potential problem. So I think that's something they'll be lo- they'll be looking at as well. But uh, his uh, former uh, fiance or, or life partner, if you want to call her that, uh, Michelle Williams, returned to the townhouse in Brooklyn where they had been living together up until August yesterday. And I, I used to live in that neighborhood. I lived a few blocks away from them. And, my God, I, I, that neighborhood is such a quiet residential area. It was flooded with not just, you know, news reporters and, and, and camera crews, but dozens of paparazzi just waiting for this poor woman to come home with their two-year-old child. Mm. You, you couldn't see her. I mean, the, the, the SUV pulled right up to the garage door, and she literally was in plain view for about a second at most. And the flashes illuminated the night sky, and, and people were uh, neighbors were, were screaming at, at the paparazzi as they were chasing after her mother and her best friend as they walked to the house, you know, leave them alone and, right. and that sort of thing, calling them vultures and, and whatnot. And, wow, the, the what really, a scene. And, and, and not to jump ahead too far, but just from my perspective, and maybe this is a, a thing that you would do, maybe not, I don't know, but the, one of the interesting sort of tangents to the story is this, God, this poor guy, Terry Gilliam, who is um, a film director who, who uh, on whose film Heath Ledger was working when he died. And Terry, right. Gil- Terry Gilliam, most famous to some people for doing the animation for Monty Python and the Holy Grail and directing some of the Monty Python films. Uh, he made Brazil. He made 12 Monkeys. But he is a guy who has had so many films just be cursed and just plagued with problems. There is actually an entire documentary called Lost in La Mancha, which is all about Terry Gilliam's attempt to make this Don Quixote film. Literally everything from like actors like getting dysentery and nearly dying to like monsoons coming in and wiping out a four million dollar set. I mean Terry Gilliam has had some of the worst luck in the history of the film industry. <laughs> and now he get you know, he's rolling on this film with Heath Ledger and then Ledger dies halfway through it. So it's just you know the repercussions of this, and it remains to be seen what the marketing for the Dark Knight is gonna is gonna be like now that this has happened. It's you know is it gonna boost the turnout? Is it just gonna be too hard to watch? I mean it's it's interesting, yeah. you know. So anyway. Well, remind me never to accept an offer from Terry Gilliam then. <laughs> yeah. No. It's yeah. It, 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 yeah. He is. Uh, yeah. He's sort of got the reverse Midas touch right now. Yeah. All so, right. So it's looking more and more. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like an authority on this, but you know. 
it's starting to point in the direction that this was really possibly uh, uh, an accidental overdose. Which, but, you know, we won't, we won't know for sure again, you know, until the toxicology comes back. And I think we said this yesterday that there is no, you know, there's no good outcome. There's either A, suicide, which is bad for all the obvious reasons, and there's B, uh, accidental death, which is in many ways even worse, because then that's just, uh, you know, that is the cruel hand of fate just coming by and effing up the program. So, yeah, all right, my sad. friend. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, for a little while, I'm, I'm having a fun weekend this weekend. I'm happy to say that I'm going skiing in Colorado for the first time. Actually, awesome. for the first time ever. Yeah, I've, I've gone skiing around here, but I've never uh, gone skiing in Colorado before. Look Colorado is, uh, where at in Colorado? I'm going to be out by Copper Mountain. I have no idea. I say, yeah, I realize as I ask where at in Colorado that I don't, it doesn't matter because I don't know anything <laughs> about I ask it like I'm authority. Whereabouts? Is there going to be in Vail? Like I even know what Vail is. Uh, Apparently, all... it's, 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 uh, near Vale. That's all I know about it. All I know about Colorado is that they got the Mile High Comic Store there, and that's where Hunter Thompson used to live. That's it. That's the it's some total of my Colorado knowledge. <laughs> all right, my friend. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks a lot, guys. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? I just want to give you guys a heads up. I just saw a video on CNN of... Uh... Amy Winehouse smoking something out of a glass pipe. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but oh, is this guys, yeah, they're her smoking crack. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't seen it before. I I wondered if you guys had seen it. Please don't be offended when I tell you that's two days ago. Oh my god! I, and again, I'm not trying to well, be a jerk. Well, you know, I got a little slighted because that's he the day he. Because I was going to say, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Please, yeah, no, no, no. I do. No. We appreciate the heads up, but yeah, it was one of those things that we saw, but then it was immediately buried uh, by the Heath Ledger news. But it is pretty crazy, although. The thing about that is, and I don't dwell a lot in Amy Winehouse, but so she got caught on camera smoking crack. Now, somebody told me that since that video came out, she has already gone to and left rehab. Yeah, uh, that's what it said. I just, uh, Jesus, just, what is her deal? Like, she just looked like Chris Rock in New Jack City. I thought it was funny. Wow, wow, really? Yeah. Did you just make that she reference? Like, she, yeah, she just looked like Pookie. Well done. When is the last time you saw New Jack City? Oh, God, I used to have it on video. I used to watch it like... All the time, but uh, I don't know. It's probably been a couple years. Let me tell you this. I saw New Jack City uh, for the first time in a long time, about five months ago. That holds yeah. up. New Jack City is still really oh, good. Really stylish film. It, oh, it's badass, it. man. And it, it it is of a time, but not locked in time. In other words, that movie obviously represents a certain... Because even when it came out, yeah. it was set in the past. It was set five years previous, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it, it obviously is a good representation of that time period, but it's not dated at all. I would st if you, nobody has ever if you've never seen this, yeah. watch New Jack City, man. It is a badass film with a great soundtrack too. Yeah, I Excellent. love Ice T. Thank yeah. you, sir. There you go. Bye now. Amy did check into rehab today. Really? According to her record label, she said yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. There's my Amy Winehouse joke for the day. <laughs> that was a horrible joke. Uh, what are you gonna do? <sighs> what can you do? What can you do? All right. Let's take a break. Uh, back after this, Tim Riley, have ye news for us? I do, yes. Sarah, have we decided not to discuss any further the issue? We can discuss. We're definitely not going to name names. But if it, you no. know. Because then it gives you plausible deniability. Exactly. Well, if it, if it just continues, which is funny because ever since I brought this up, like, more people have been, like, written me anonymously about other situations. <laughs> to give credence to your story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, if you don't name names, then you can always deny it was about them. Absolutely. You were talking. I never said your name. Somebody's projecting. Right, back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there!
Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Roop. And the other thing, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The temperatures are below the freezing level, and the forecast calls for snow flurries tonight. More on the way for higher elevations. Around the area, road crews are gearing up to Have keep fun, motorists sir. moving. What's going on here? Sarah's riding her bike home. Uh-huh. It didn't feel that cold this morning. Is it dropping right now? Yes, yes. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 35, and it feels like 22. You are screwed. It's going to drop down to 26 tonight. Boy, can I just, let me just, not to be uh, just all about how everything has to relate to me and my life. Can I just tell you how glad I am that I got my heater at home taken care of last week and not instead of waiting until like today? Mm-hmm. Because you know, it's like on the first hot day of the year, you try to get your air conditioner fixed, and it's like a four-month wait. Uh, I just be, if I had not gotten my heater fixed, because it, it, it's going to feel like what outside? It's Right now it feels like 22 Jesus. with the wind. I can budge for that. Walking down to the max stop, you die on the way. Oh, well, I was when it was that thing where I was like taking Max out for a walk, and you know we're all dog owners here, so you know this that sometimes the days when you need your dog just to get get everything done, so you can get back. Those are the days he, you know, he's gonna sniff some dirt and chew on a plant and pick up a stick and chase some birds. You're like, come on, I need, I need to get back inside, and he was just taking like an hour to do his business. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So anyway, beware. Tonight it may snow in the lower elevations. They've got to spread some de-icer around Oregon. But in Washington State, they use salt, and that'll kill your car. See, okay, let's back up for a second. What do they sprinkle where? They sprinkle chemicals here, de-icer. Okay. In Oregon, in Washington State, they use road salt. Okay, first of all, road salt, Why? how hard can it be to just buy some chemicals? Do they not have any money in Washington? Road salt, I mean, I guess it's good for the ice, but it's bad for your car. Yeah. But have you noticed, do they do this thing in Portland? I've never seen this, but I know they do this in some other states, where they just put sand on the road, which does nothing. Sand? That is true. Sand. I've seen sand. You've seen, I've lived in places where they just put sand on the it road. Makes, it makes you feel better. Yeah, it makes you feel better. But here's a little uh, inside tip for me to abuse. Sand does nothing. On the snow, on the ice, there is absolutely nothing done by putting sand on the road. It's just stupid. So It's just sand. Yeah. So anyway, if uh, you don't want your car damaged, uh, don't drive into Washington because because <laughs> there's savages. Salt is a corrosive; it melts and inhibits ice formation on roadways, but it keeps cars and trucks in contact with the pavement. But it'll destroy your body, the body of your car, anyway. Uh, and also your actual body, by the way. Uh, meanwhile, this just in from CBS. Wait, hold on. Do I need? Is this breaking news? Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. All right, hold on. Kind of is good enough for me, Tim Riley. Hold on a second. Here's some breaking news. So in an effort to cut down on strike repeats, CBS Television is bringing back the primetime edition of The Price is Right. Oh, God, really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 no. Yep, The Price is Right is coming back. (laughs) Why? To cut down on reruns. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know you just said that. I know. Uh, with Drew Carey hosting? Yes. Friday nights at 8 during the family hour. This is our prime time Friday night programming is a game show from 85 years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. So you can look forward to that beginning February 22nd. Maybe they can put on more Katie Couric, like, during the mornings, too, and afternoons and everywhere. Jesus. And not to be one up by CBS, NBC announced on Bravo 
they're going to be bringing back the Punch and Judy show? No. Wait. Even worse. Kukla and Ollie? No, Kathy Griffin. <laughs> I'm sorry, she but... returns for her fourth season. <laughs> I'd rather have Kukla and Ollie. So there you go. Please, can I have Beanie and Cecil instead? That'd be fun, too. <laughs> so uh, she's still on the D-list. Jesus. But still who is she? Somebody told me who she's married to. Who is Kathy Griffin married to? It was somebody like... Like, it's kind of impressive, actually. Thomas Edison or somebody big, some inventor or something? Thomas Edison. Yes, she's married She's married to a Menlo Park inventor who died 55 years ago. Uh, or whenever he died. I'm sorry, it's a, Kathy... it's a historically inaccurate joke. I'm sorry. Griffin. 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 No, it's Griffin, isn't it? Griffin, yeah. Haven't we talked about her enough that we ought to know how, to, how her name is pronounced? I guess it's indicative of her lack of stature that we can never remember how her name is spelled. Well, let's see here. Her spouse is Matt Moline. Wait, maybe he's no, not... No, she's divorced from Matt Moline. Who's she married to now? I'm looking. Let's see. Personal life, personal life. Marriage and relationships. She married a Washington native, Matt Moline, in 2001. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, since 2007, rumors are circulating. She's dating billionaire Steve Wozniak. Yes, that's who it was. See, Steve... I, knew, I knew it was an inventor. I just had the wrong one. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple Computer. Yeah. So it is an inventor. I just oh. had the wrong decade of was century. It too was it too. Well, there you go. What's the, I, well, fine. Whatever. Apparently, they're more than friends. <laughs> really? How long can it be till there's a reality show for that? I'd watch it just for Wozniak. I really would. Uh, what kind of name is Wozniak? I don't mean that in a redneck sort of way. I mean, really, what I kind of name I is think that? That might be Polish. Is it? Uh, yeah, it could be. Oh, by the way, uh, back on um, Stephen Kajagugu or whatever his name is. Gorge is going to work here anymore. Whatever his, whatever his, um, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that guy is, um, Kojo Karu. So despite Sarah's claim that he is in quote that he's quote an Asian man, uh, I got. I didn't say he was Asian. I didn't think he was. You, all... you did say he was Asian. You said it repeatedly during a break, I think. But still, you said repeatedly that he was Asian. Um, I know no such thing. Here, uh, his name is apparently Romanian. And I then, clearly stated that he looked Romanian. Uh-huh. And then a guy says, uh, here's his medical condition details. Bonus, he has uncontrollable incontinence. <laughs> uncontrollable bowels. Well, close. Move it around the front. Anyway, so when you see that guy uh, talking to Larry King, just imagine him urinating uncontrollably. Here's Tim Riley. A one-of-a-kind piece of artwork that was stolen from a college art gallery has been found. It was a nude rug found stuffed in a garbage bag. A nude rug. Mm-hmm. Artist Tamara Bremer spent thousands of hours weaving a life-size nude rug of herself. The curvy cutout was fashioned from a monk's cloth, a heavy cotton, and painted in ten colors. Realize I don't know... On alpaca yarn. (laughs) I'm complicating this matter further, aren't I? Would you like me to repeat the final points of the story? Just read the whole thing again all the way through. Stolen nude rug is found stuffed in a plastic garbage bag. It's a one-of-a-kind piece of artwork stolen from a college gallery. Artist Tamara Bremer spent thousands of hours weaving a life-size nude self-portrait of herself into a rug. The curvy cutout was fashioned from a monk's cloth, a heavy cotton, and hand-painted in tin colors of alpaca yarn. <laughs> I guess that is one-of-a-kind, isn't it? It really is. I don't know why... Al- looking in the world, you wouldn't find another one. I'm not sure why alpaca is so funny. It just is. Mm-hmm. Alpaca is the detail that really sells that. It's like... It's like working. It's like working a llama or an emu or something into a story. Mm-hmm. All right, wonderful. So it was stolen from the Linfield College Art Gallery, 
And uh, just days ago, somebody found herself in a plastic garbage bag dumped near a McMinnville apartment complex. So she's happy to have it back. Uh, she's now working on a new rug project uh, and said the rug portrait was wet from being out in the elements. It is now being examined by an art expert to see how bad the damage is. Wonderful. So it's not too, too bad. This email says, hey, Rick, not to fall into tedious conversation about the weather, but does Tim have any info on when this frigging wind is supposed to stop? It's, quote, bite-ass cold outside. That yeah, feels like the East Coast out there. It really does. Because the wind makes it suck so much more, and my office has no heat, so it's absolutely... <laughs> so Your absolute... office has no heat? He says that my office has no heat, so it's like absolute zero in here. That's like a that's like one of those um that's like one of those technical terms about how hot it is at the heart of the sun, like you're approaching absolute zero. But I know the family. I sit in the place with no heat too. Tim's prep area here, Tim's office, uh, his newsroom. The newsroom has no heat. Well, the you know you know what else is exactly like that, Tim? It's my bedroom at home. Um our bedroom at home has no heat. Uh the rest of the house, toasty warm, fine, cozy, not a problem. Snug like bugs and rugs. You go into my bedroom at home, mm-hmm. and the heating vent, you know, the, the vent that goes from the heater to our bedroom has just uh, been sealed shut. It was, like, welded shut by somebody at some point. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know why they would have done that. Uh, so in our, you, you go into our, I mean, I would imagine if it's, let's say, 30 degrees outside right now, I would imagine it's no more than, like, 40 in mm-hmm. our bedroom. I mean, it's unreal how cold it is in our bedroom, which is fine because I actually kind of sleep better that way. So the deal is that we turn on the electric blanket and just, you know. And so as long as it's warm in the bed, the, the actual bedroom itself can be ice cold. But Jesus God, is it cold in there. I can't even imagine working in an office without heat today, though. All day. God. Sir, what, go to a Starbucks or something. Take your take your freaking computer and go to a coffee shop. All right. Here's Tim so I have no word on when the wind is going to stop. It's never going to stop. No. Oh, ice on the road has forced the closure of Northeast 238th Drive in Wood Village between Northeast Halsey Drive and Northeast Gleason. The road will reopen when the ice melts next year. Jesus. Oh, this is bad. Another TriMet story. A 20-year-old man under arrest after he allegedly approached two other guys on the TriMet bus, yanked out a knife and a pair of brass knuckles. Sounds like something from West Side Story. Really? Yeah. Did he have a zip gun, too? And then he began to fight with the victims. Uh, this guy turns out to be a gang member. He started to fight on the bus. The victim struggled, and the suspect in control of the knife. The bus driver uh, apparently activated the alarm and cleared everybody off the bus so these uh, dopes could fight in peace. And they've arrested Andreas Napoleon Marcos. And he says uh, he's a gang member. That's a pretty great name, though. Mm-hmm. Andreas Napoleon Marcos. Yeah. That's kind of cool. If I had a gang member's son, I'd name him that. He looks like trouble, doesn't he? If he boarded a tramit bus, it's only a matter uh, of time. No, I don't like the look of him. Yeah, he, he no, belongs sir. in jail. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, Douglas County has paid $1,000 to a man mistakenly booked into jail under a charge of failing to register as a sex offender. Oh, that's unfortunate. Turned out he wasn't one. Especially because now, every time you do a Google search for that guy, you're going to get sex offender as your result like a thousand times. Mm. So the county has offered $1,000 in the settlement, which is all they probably have in the county treasury. And that should be fine to uh, resurrect your identity in Roseburg. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, really, depending on how much they pay him, he could probably just buy the whole town. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a picture of the nude rug. Oh, the nude rug, yeah, has been online. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Oh, sorry. Sorry, la-di-da, Mr. Newsman who sees everything, who knows all the information. Nobody, I hadn't seen the nude rug. They blurred out the uh, the carpet breasts, though. They always do that. That's a weird phrase. <laughs> that is just too much for you to be seeing. Yes. Who knows what that really looks like? Here's Tim Riley. So, oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yes, they did. Mm. It looks like she's made out of wood. Like a like a really sexy cigar store Indian. Actually, 
I don't know. Maybe she's wearing a lot of heavy... Oh, I see. Her, her shirt blends in with the chair, so I guess that could be an accurate description. You're wondering about her real width as opposed to the width of the rug? Right. In this picture down here, she kind of looks like Gilby Clark from Rockstar Supernova. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Ah, here's Tim Riley. What are we doing next here? I don't know. It caught me off guard. Okay. Would you like me to kill time with something? No, I'm ready. The Umatilla Chemical Depot has passed a milestone. It has burned the last of its rockets, bearing the nerve agent VX. The international treaty calls for destroying chemical weapons. Earlier, it had destroyed a rocket bearing GB, or Sarin, considered the most dangerous of the two nerve agents. The depot has more weapons bearing VX, a clear, oily liquid. The depot will take two months to change equipment before starting on the VX artillery weapon. I'm pretty sure that that's the stuff that Nicolas Cage tries to stop from being launched into San Francisco in the movie The Rock with Sean Connery. I'm pretty sure that those uh, missiles have VX gas. Uh, the depot also has some mustard agents ready to burn. A uh, spokesman said that Utila hopes to uh, finish incinerating the weapons in 2012. After that, the plant will be decommissioned, and uh, that could take three years. And then it will be turned into a playground for the kids. Well done. Oregon State Police have arrested two Washington residents who made a round trip from southern Oregon to Washington by stealing a car, running it low on gas, and then stealing another. It was a week-long trip from Kalamath Falls to Federal Way, Washington, and back involving eight thefts. Uh, troopers said the state highway workers uh, gave the pair gasoline Tuesday afternoon, and then reported them. They are Christopher Womack of Tacoma and Natasha Brister of Kent. Well, you know, it's exactly the, 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 the multiple times my truck has been stolen. It's exactly the, the daisy chain at where they will come and they will steal your truck, drive it until it runs out of gas, and then get out and walk and find another car within whatever distance, and then, then drive that one, too. And then it just becomes this endless chain of stolen, trashy vehicles. Oh, in case you care, right now in uh, Portland, the wind's gusting to 28 miles an hour. Wow, really? Yeah. And it's cold. Yeah. What do you suppose it feels like outside right now? <laughs> I don't want to go out there. Oh, I'm glad I didn't bicycle today. See, this is the thing. This is, you know, I'm just saying, I know I'm stealing from the retarded and growing fat, you know, every day, but at least I'll be warm. You know what? It might be freezing, but it's beautiful outside. No, it is true. If you were to look outside, if you just were to look at the, at the weather today and not actually experience it, you'd think it was great. Unless you're that guy who has no heat in his office. And that's what I do. I get all bundled up for my bike ride, and I see how gloriously sunny and stuff it is, and I go outside, and I'm like, damn. You get outside, and it's like you're being punched in the face. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. A uh, dramatic rope rescue was successful after a bicyclist fell from a steep bank. Oh, it's a woman. She was cycling home from uh, Lewis and Clark College and a popular bike path through Riverview Cemetery. Who wouldn't want to ride through a cemetery? She lost control of her 10-speed on a hill, rounding a corner, and crossed the shoulder. She fell down a steep hill about 30 feet, hit and rolled another 10 feet, airborne for most of the fall. Her bike lands 20 feet downhill. She's stranded for about two hours, finally able to reach her roommate on her cell phone. Uh, the cops performed a low-angle rope rescue through the heavily wooded area that she was trapped in. Then she was taken to OHSU. Her injuries aren't serious. This guy says, uh, Rick, about that nude rug. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rick, about the nude rug. Do the drapes match the carpet? <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny, though. That is well done, sir. That is amusing. Here's Tim Riley. Why not organize a taser party? Dana Shapen ushers in her new friends to her living room sofa for a serious chat about the fear she believes they all share. It is the worst nightmare for me while I'm sleeping, somebody coming into my room. Then she draws a few solemn nods from the gathered women. Then she pulls out her her taser gun. Yes, it's 
Taser C2 Personal Protector, weaponry that the company is marketing to the public, and the ladies of Wisteria Lane. Yes, as a single woman who lives alone, she's the perfect pitch woman for Taser, and uh, she makes a renewed push to sell weapons to families. So, it's a Taser party. It's held every Tuesday night from 7 to 10. Is this like, is the Taser party the new dildo party, which was the new makeup party, which was the new Tupperware party? Do women still do Tupperware parties? I would imagine so. I would think so, because they still do makeup parties and all kinds of yeah, other Yeah, but Tupperware, uh, Tupperware is a very useful item. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I have Tupperware at home. Uh, I'm just saying, makeup is like a timeless thing. Tupperware, although it is still useful, seems like a very 70s thing. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe that's true. Tupperware doesn't seem... Well, because it was cutting edge in the 70s. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's because it first gained prominence in the 70s. It seems like Tupperware is a thing you just go to the store to buy now. Like, you don't don't have to have it introduced to you at your home by a friend. Hmm. Weren't you asking me the other day if Barbara Feldman was still alive? Uh, Of uh, Get Smart Fan, Uh yes. See, she's 75. I found her picture. Well, I well, not for 75. I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, sure. No, she's fine. She's she, uh, so Anne Hathaway is going to play Agent 99 in the summer 08 big screen version of Get Smart. When I went to see um, Charlie Wilson's Steve War. Carell. Yeah, they had a they had a, a poster for Get Smart. It just it looks terrible. I I, I know I've been. I say this based solely on the poster. Based solely on the poster, I've decided to dismiss it. It just I I hate to say this. It makes me sound like a jerk. I'm kind of getting tired of Steve Carell. I don't know That's why. That's kind of how I feel about Will, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you. I Can like, you water yourself down that much? I like The Office and all, but I feel I think it's time for Steve Carell to just do The Office and nothing else. Here's Tim Riley. A massage therapist who discovered the lifeless body of Heath Ledger in his Manhattan apartment made her first call, phone call to Mary Kate Olson. Authorities have found six types of prescription drugs in his apartment, and apparently, uh, let's see here. They call Mary Kate Olson, whose number was programmed into the phone. They knew that the Full House star and Ledger were friends, and she asked Olsen for advice on what to do next. Olsen, who lives in Manhattan but was in California at the time, responded by saying she would send over her private security guards to help deal with the situation. In the ensuing moments, the uh, uh, housemaid realized that the Ledger must have been dead. So she called Olsen again, then called 911. That's one of those things. I, 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 I long to be that rich and famous to where... You don't call 911, you have people that you call. You have like the uh, you have the cleaner who comes over. Yeah. Like was, where where Harvey Keitel shows up like with a martini and a tuxedo just to uh I talk fast, I think fast and I act real effing fast. Uh, or like uh, I know you guys haven't seen Michael Clayton, but in Michael Clayton, uh, the movie George Clooney, which is really good. I don't think it's worthy of a best picture nod, but it's it's a really good film. That's what he plays. He plays a fixer. And so, like, the opening scene is, like, some guy, some Fortune 500 guy who's been in a drunk driving accident on the way home. And then he calls Michael Clayton, and, you know, Michael Clayton comes over and just fixes, makes it all go away. Uh, so there you go. So they, they, they give the, the Olsons have a fixer. Here's Tim Riley. Funeral arrangements for Heath Ledger have been completed, and the relatives are expected to arrive in New York tomorrow. The general manager of the Frankie Campbell Funeral Home refused to discuss any details, saying any additional information must come from Ledger's manager. The family does not want to give out information. The 28-year-old actor's body was taken to the funeral home on Manhattan's Upper East Side yesterday, a day after he was found dead. On Thursday, a makeshift memorial outside Ledger's apartment building has grown to more than 100 boutique uh, bouquets of tulips, daisies, carnations, and tropical flowers, along with candles, signs, notes, and other memorials. Other news. There's a lawsuit against the Blue Man Group. <laughs> 
Yes. No, I mean, it just makes me think of Arrested. I know every and, and Blue Man Group is just hilarious. I mean, there's there's about five different ways you can go with that. All right. So an audience member for the Blue Man Group is suing, claiming they stuck a dirty camera down his throat during their show. <laughs> Wonderful. James uh, uh, Schroden uh, claims that while he was attending a 2006 show, he was forcibly restrained in his seat. Well, the blue man shoved an esophagus cam down his throat. All right. Is he sure he was actually a blue man group performance? This wasn't just in a basement of a club somewhere? Now, the esophagus cam is routinely dragged on the floor during the show, <laughs> which could contaminate it with food and liquid. <laughs> the, uh, We're going to have to shove this greasy tube down your throat. He now suffers from nightmares. <laughs> He's like $50,000 in damages. <laughs> Imagine... <laughs> I'm sorry. Imagine if you were even slightly unstable mentally. I or... remember the Blue Man Group swallowed this and so I'll shove it down your throat. <laughs> That's the phrase of the day. <laughs> I'm a member of the Blue Man Group. Swallow this or I'll shove it down your throat. <laughs> In other news. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've lost my composure. A man is accused of... No, 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 no. We have to go back there for a second. We're not done with this story. No. Are there further questions? No. Jesus. Oh, my God. That's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I'm just the thing is that merged in my head with something I was thinking. I, I, don't know what that was. I was just thinking he said he suffers from nightmares. I'm just imagining if you were even slightly disturbed to begin with or like on acid. And the next thing you know, you're in a chair being forcibly restrained by a bunch of guys with blue skin ramming a dirty camera down your esophagus. And it's been dragged on the floor. I know. mean, through broken Fritos and things. <laughs> that really is like full on fire in the sky type imagery. That's a that's a that's like a full on probing. It's just of the other end, but by a bunch of blue guys. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you, if you had any kind of psychosis beforehand, that would just snap your brain like so many dry twigs. Oh God Almighty. Oh. Now I want to see video of somebody having the esophagus cam forcibly shoved in their mouth by the Blue Man Group. All right, I'm trying to think of more puns on the word blue, but I can't. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, now we're working blue. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, sorry. Thank you. A man is accused of offering an undercover cop $5.90 pills to kill his wife. Robert Macklin faces one count of first-degree assault and one count of an alternative charge of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Wives really aren't worth what they used to be. His roommate called police after he repeatedly asked her to kill the girlfriend of a man whom he once had a relationship. The roommate said Macklin wanted the girlfriend out of the way so the men could be together. Uh, Macklin was arrested after he uh, repeatedly offered the officer $5 as a down payment. <laughs> Look, you get the other half of this when the job is done. Here's some Blue Man Group tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's do one more. We'll take a break. Uh, well, he's all grown up, that Eddie Munster. Like that happened 40 uh, years ago. <laughs> really? As though it's a recent development. Yeah. Wait, this just in. Butch Patrick is 94. You know you've always wanted to see Eddie Munster said this story. You have the chance this weekend oh, at the 59th annual Grand National Roadster Show at Fairplex in Pomona, California. 
Uh, the actor who played Eddie, his real name is uh, Butch Patrick. He'll be on hand with cast members for the 1973 film American Graffiti. Cindy Williams. He's not in American Graffiti. I know. Why is... I don't understand. Oh, well, is, it's he, an added is he the steak knives? Yeah. Is he the value added to this? So, yeah. Look, uh, look if, if you book Butch Patrick, we will also give you Cindy Will. Or maybe it's the other way around. Do you suppose it works the other way around? Like if you... Well, look, uh, it's $12,000 to have the you know guys from American Graffiti that you don't care about. In other words, no Harrison Ford, no Ron Howard, no Paul Richard. Paul Lamatt's going to be there. And Candy Clark. Wait, who is Candy Clark? I don't know. Who's Bob, Paul Lamatt? I was bluffing there. I thought you knew. No, I don't know. But they're scheduled <laughs> to appear. Really? Wow. Let me get my ticket now. In Pomona. ZZ Top will also be on hand. Tickets are $20 for the day at the gate. <laughs> Children under 13 are free. <laughs> um... So let's back up. Oh, Blue Man Girl. Wow. Swallow it and I'll shove it down your throat. Um, I'm just, you know, it's slack moments throughout the rest of the week. I'm just going to think on that. Put a smile on my face. Um, Good for you. <laughs> so I'm trying to picture how the booking happens, though. When the guy calls, look, I'm, uh, my name is uh, Lefty Lamont. I'm calling from Star, Star Talent Incorporated. Would you like to book... Who, who? Paul Lamont? Paul Lamont. Paul Lamont and, and uh, Candy Clark. Candy Clark. And I will also throw in Cindy Williams. Well, how much? $45,000. Well, look, that seems awful, Steve. Well, look, I will also then give you Butch Patrick. I mean, Butch Patrick, I don't mean to... I'm not even kicking a man while he's down. Uh, but that's like Jay North, where it's just like he is... Isn't Butch Patrick, would you agree, Tim, that Butch Patrick is the, he is the poster child for bad child stars? For, I mean, the failed, sad child star. I would say he's one of them. Even more so than Todd Bridges. Is Todd Bridges dead? No, he's alive. It's Dana Plato that's dead. Yeah. Um, Todd Bridges is still alive and shooting people left and right. Uh, so, I mean, I'm try who is the definitive failed child star? The definitive sad, broken down, miserable, never grew up into anything, life worthless child star? Uh, Greg Brady. No, no, he wrote a book. Who wrote it? I did. I own it. Okay. Barry Williams? Yeah. No, no, no. Those guys, no, no, no. the Bradys are all, uh, well, not all. Many of the Bradys have, have had relative amounts of success. That Christopher Knight guy married that loser chick on the VH1 special. Oh, that's right. My, see, My Fair Brady. But see, even then, well, look, we can all make fun of My Fair Brady or Barry Williams writing Growing Up Brady, I Was the Teenage Greg, which is a really good book, by the way. Um, but, but that's still success. In other words, people still care enough about... Uh, Christopher Knight, that they gave him a reality show on VH1. And you can say, well, everybody gets a reality show, but I mean, there's 280 million people in the country. Not that many people get TV shows. Or Christopher, uh, no, Mike Lookenland, who played, what's his name, the youngest, uh, Peter, Greg, who was the other one? Bobby. Bobby. He played Bobby Brady. He lives in Utah, and he's a concert promoter. Mm -hmm. So they've had some success, and they did those Brady um, reunion shows, which were moderately successful, like the Brady, a very Brady Christmas was actually pretty highly rated. They had that spin-off, like the thirty-something type thing, but that didn't work very well. No, but those, but everybody who knows knows who they are. I'll put it, I'll put it to you this way: If Barry Williams, if Greg Brady was coming to town, I would work really hard to get him on the show, because that would, it's a guy I would be legitimately interested in talking to, and not just in a kitschy way. So I'd say the Bradys are actually, relatively speaking. Uh, they, they've 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 had a pretty good life, you know, at this point. <laughs> like they're already dead. It's been a good ride, kids. Um, but Butch Patrick, I mean, really, honestly, what did he do? I think uh, he had a band for a while, didn't he? 
Well, don't they all? Yeah. I mean, that guy who played uh, Cousin Oliver on the on the Brady Bunch had a band, too. So did Brian Bonsall from Family Ties. Um, but, I mean, Butch Patrick, and hasn't he just had, like, a bunch of drug abuse problems? Maybe not. Probably. Maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else, maybe. But I mean, there's Jane North. Jane North has had no easy time of it. Who was I reading? Who's, God, who's a the, the Wikipedia page or something was I reading the other day? You know who I was reading about the other day? Here's who it was. It was the, oh, man, I got to, uh, I got to, I got to find, I got to find his name, Tim, and I'm going to see if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Hold on. Now I know that I'm Googling something in real time, and that's always a lot of fun. Hold on. Hold on. People like this stuff. They do. This is a visual medium. It is. Okay. Um, Let's see. Here we go. His name is... La 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 la. Don't know who that is. Just keep repeating. Is that a stage name? <laughs> he worked under the stage name of. <laughs> wow, I think there's something in the in the wind today. Uh, <laughs> you can't hear it, but Tim's laughing too. It's not just me. <laughs> Hi, Tim. Oh, sometimes I just think I'm a listener and not a participant. It <laughs> was just one of those moments. Um, okay. Do you know who Frank Bank is? Yes. He's a lumpy Rutherford. Wow. Yes, it's true. Now, he's a stockbroker. He's made some money in his life. Uh, he is. Now, he is. He has gone on to a successful non-acting life. He, he played Lumpy on Leave it to Beaver. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, he is, he has made some, he's, he's an investment banker, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, and has made a lot of money that way. To be fair, he, in the real world, is a success. But do you realize that he has an autobiography? Frank Bank, who played, Sarah has no idea what we're talking about here. Nope. Um, Frank Bank, who played Lumpy on Leave it to Beaver. He was supposed to be a teenager, but he looked like he was like 35. They all looked like that. Well, I mean, yeah, it, all teenagers look like they're in their, their mid-30s. Uh, let's let's see that. here. So um, I'm trying to see where here's his Wikipedia entry. He played Lumpy Rutherford on Leave it to Beaver. And he has um, an autobiography about that. And it's like 400 pages long. Oh, here we go. Frank Bank is an American former actor known for his role as Clarence Lumpy Rutherford on Leave it to Beaver. He is a municipal bonds broker in Los Angeles. His autobiography, Call Me Lumpy. <laughs> I, wonder if that, I wonder if that's the line he... Call me lumpy. Wow, he has two grandchildren. It was published in 2002. Uh, in 1962, he was a guest on 87th Precinct. In 1964, he played Archie Andrews in Life with Archie. And um, in 1983, he reprised his role uh, of lumpy in Still the Beaver. So uh, there you go. Um, He's been buried three times. Yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if he gets any girls from being lumpy at this point. <laughs> it sounds so funny to say that. I wish I was high. This would be even funnier. Do you get girls by being lumpy? Um, the, the but but I mean the guy has an autobiography where apparently I and I read the reviews of it on Amazon.com because I, I was he can still get lumpy at his age. <laughs> I um, would you like to go get lumpy? Uh, the, I was reading the reviews of his book on Amazon because I was so just agog that Lumpy Rutherford would write an autobiography. And apparently, I haven't read the book. Uh, I, uh, based on the reviews, though, apparently the book is just nothing but a like strung to collection, strung together collection of his of his sexual uh, exploits. <laughs> I swear to you, you're giving me that look like it can't be true. Apparently, the book is all of. And then let me tell you about another dame who I betted in 1971. And then I guess it's just uh, uh, about how he got laid constantly by being Lumpy Rutherford back in the day. And I get, and, you know, the end. That's it. So. 
Wow. Um, well, that's enough to get you a talk show somewhere. I suppose. I guess. Um, so, uh, well, let's see what these people are calling about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Butch Patrick the last remaining peop- uh, person from that show, from the Munsters? No, 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 no. What's her name? Is Pat Priest? Is that her? Yeah, she's still alive. Pat Priest. Okay, Priest. well... Well, my reasoning is is that the guy that used to play Grandpa Munster, I can't remember his name. He Al used to Lewis, travel. Al Lewis. He used to travel around the car shows and stuff and sign autographs because they'd put that uh, coffin mobile in there, the coffin hot rod, and then they've got the Munster mobile. So I'm figuring he's, that he's being as a it's a car show. He's going to be sitting there signing autographs in front of one of those two. And, and Al Lewis was also the guy who got Howard in trouble all those years ago by screaming F the FCC at the top of his lungs <laughs> on the radio one morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, thank you. No, oh. you know, Pat Priest, okay, now there were two girls who played Marilyn, were there not? Right. Pat Priest, who is the other one? There was one in the first season, but she cried because she was homesick, so they let her go. What, the actress was homesick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're on a you're on a nationally you're on a successful national sitcom. She's very immature for her age. Homesick. So they sent her home. That's that. Okay, and then she was Pat Priest, who was sort of the most well known Marilyn. Yeah. Boy, that you know Marilyn on the Monster, she was gorgeous. She was. I had a big crush on her when I was a kid. Actually, mm-hmm. even by then she was probably already like ninety. But I mean, but, but growing up and watching the Monsters, I had a huge crush on Marilyn. She was really beautiful. Yes, yeah, she was. Uh, I sort of became familiar with the Monsters before the Adams Family. So my crushes went. Uh, Marilyn from my pen just came apart. Marilyn from the Munsters, then Morticia Adams, uh, and uh, somewhere in there was Holly from Land of the Lost. Uh, but uh, but she was a, but she was a girl my own age, and the other two were adult women. But yeah, that uh, yeah, Pat Priest was just gorgeous. I almost don't want to look her up now. I don't want to see what she looks like, and yet I know that I will. I know that I I know that I am being being compelled to look her up. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. Yo. Yo. The worst bike. By far, it's got to be Gary Coleman. No, but see, Gary Coleman is still successful, though. Gary Coleman is... That guy can make money by being Gary Coleman. Yeah, but he's making seven dollars an hour as a security guard. See, but I think that's BS. I, you, we, everybody hears that story about how Gary Coleman has to make minimum wage as a security guard, but I don't think anybody really. I don't think that can possibly be the whole story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy's still. We can all make fun of him, but I mean, the guy's still really famous. Um, everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Even Sarah knows who he is. Um, that guy could still make money on a reality show, on a radio show, just by being Gary Coleman. I cannot believe that he was really making minimum wage as a security guard because he had to. I think there's got to be more to that story. We always hear that, but that can't that can't be the whole story there. Yeah, I don't know. You, just, you see him on TV, you know, walking around a parking lot in a, in a security guard outfit. Don't you feel like they were really secretly paying him a lot more under the table? Because let's be honest, can we just speak as men here? Who would hire Gary Coleman to secure anything? Yeah, well, I would, why would a security company want any kind of publicity like that? I mean, it's be- not going to get any more business. Well, I guess that's true. Are yeah, you gonna I don't know. Extra, are you, you going to pay extra to hire a security company that's got a four-foot security guard? I was just going to say, I can't imagine hiring a midget with failing kidneys <laughs> right. to like protect your valuables. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel real safe. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I mean, I guess the gun makes you all the same size. But... Pat Priest could replace Beverly Owen, whose real name was Beverly Og. <laughs> Beverly Og. <laughs> Beverly Og, feel homesick. Go back to cave. Pat Priest reprise role in second season. <laughs> so Beverly Og or Beverly uh, Beverly Og did, did 13 episodes and left the show. Are you a... home and get married? She's not divorced. Are you a village on the other side of Big Rock Ogs? 
She's not recognized as Marilyn in the show because she wore a blonde wig. And besides, it's like 45 years ago. <laughs> and she's dust in a box by now. She's uh, currently out of show business and leads a very private life. Uh-huh. Says Beverly Og. Reed has become ugly. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Mercifully. I love this show. It's 503-733-2097. We come back. Improbably more email about the Blue Man Group. It's 503-733-2970. Here's the business. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I meant to play a thing into the last break, and then I didn't because I'm a retard. I had this whole thing that I created, uh, sending, as they say, the good vibe out to our friend David, uh, who's in the hospital right now. He's got... I hesitate to even say this because of the unpleasantness of the last few days. I hesitate to point out when anybody has pneumonia. So, yeah. I think it's the good kind, though. There's no good kind. Well, he's in the hospital, though, which puts him several steps ahead of Jim Henson. And he pleasure. So, David, uh, so uh, get well. I had this I had this Joey Ramone song that I'd edited down uh, about being in a hospital and whatever. And I was going to play it in the next break or the last break and then look all witty and sensitive. And that didn't really work out. So, uh, anyway, so, David, uh, get well soon and uh, whatnot. And, wow, pneumonia. I sound like Winona Ryder in South Park. War. Anyway, so that didn't work out. Uh, get well. Sorry. Bye. Way to go, Rick. I'm so, I had a whole thing prepared, and then we, we got into my, the Butch Patrick Munsters uh, thing, and then it all just frittered away. I'll play, if you're still listening, uh, I'll play it into the next break, and I'll try to do this better, and it'll be successful next time. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Big Curtis. How are you doing today? Ooh. Is the whole call going to sound like this? Maybe. I'm pretty excited. Is this like a Cal Worthington sort of... might be interested in purchasing the nude rug. Wait, hold on. Hold, just... Let's all stop. Let me get a chair. Hold on. Is everybody ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. No, I wasn't asking you, sir. <laughs> all right. Okay, go ahead. Huey Lewis. I want a nude rug. <laughs> okay, you know, that was kind of funny just because he said it and then, bam, at, like, sung it for us, like, right away. Okay, I shouldn't have laughed at that, but I did. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. And the thing is, you know why you hate laughing at that? Because it just encourages people. When you laugh at something like that, like, every guy with a phone is going to start calling up and say, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Jesus. Hey, how's it going? What's up? I heard you guys mentioned uh, Candy Clark in some upcoming event, and nobody seemed to know who she was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she was David Bowie's co-star in The Man Who Fell to Earth. Which I have not seen. Oh, early Nicholas Rogue film. Really good, uh, really good, convincing sci-fi film made with no money. Now, let me ask you this. Why Rip, Torn, she... Rip Torn was in that film, too. Why would she be at, uh, why would she be at, a, at a car show with somebody from American Graffiti and Butch Patrick and the Munsters? 
Because this film with David Bowie wouldn't be enough to put her in that company. Well, they did have some kind of snazzy-looking rigs in that film, but I don't know. I guess it's just a paycheck. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, no, I understand why she would be there. In other words, I understand why she would say yes, but right. to be invited to a car show, which by definition is this sort of 50s nostalgia thing, where there's somebody from American Graffiti and a guy from the Munsters, my whole thing is, what has she done to be invited? Not why, why, hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Wikipedia her right now. Hold on. Uh, let's see I'm pretty here. sure I'm right. Wait, hold on. Beyond that, I don't okay, know, maybe a lot of theater. I'm hold thinking. on. Let's be quiet and we'll all learn together. Candace June Clark is an Oscar-nominated American film and television actress. She is well-known for her role as Debbie Dunham in the film American Graffiti. I did not know that. She won an Academy Award nomination. Uh, in, and then she was also in more American Graffiti. And then your thing, Mandifel to Earth. Um, Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder, really? Wow. Who was in that? Uh, and then she's, and then also in Cat's Eye. I don't remember her being in Cat's Eye. And I'm looking a photograph of her. <gasps> you know who she was? Have you seen the movie Cat's Eye, sir? No, I never saw it. Okay, if you've seen the movie Cat's Eye, anybody out there, she is James Woods' wife in Quitters Incorporated. She's the woman who gets put in the electric shock box. Nice. Okay, uh, excellent. Also in At Close Range. Mm. And then, <laughs> listen, you're like into everything. Everything I list of hers you're excited about. Magnum P.I., Simon & Simon, Matlock, and Baywatch Nights. Oh, well, Simon & Simon, that takes the cake She was right also there. in Zodiac as something last year. Zodiac? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Blob, oh. Amityville 3D, Q, Q! Extensive resume. Yes. All right, well, there you go. But well, it's, there you it's, go. Thanks please, a lot. Thank you. It's American Graffiti, obviously, that put her in that company. All right. Uh, let's see. This guy says, uh, we had a Butch Patrick email here. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I met Butch Patrick. He's a really cool guy, loves his 15 minutes of fame, and milks it for all it's worth. He loves kids and doesn't have a sour attitude like most children. I thought he did, though. I thought he was like a bastard. No. <laughs> we say definitively. Absolutely not. Um, well, there you go. Well, who am I thinking of that's just a jerk? Any number of people, I suppose. Uh, well, there you go. Oh, you know what? I'm convinced. I'm confusing him with Burt Ward from Batman. Oh, yeah. Okay. That guy is a total dick. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's he's an ass. He's another one, though, that wrote a book where his whole thing is just about how many women he banged when he played Robin on Batman. I don't understand. I guess maybe that's just the thing. I guess before the Internet, that's how guys did that. They just bragged, let me tell you about these girls I banged. And then they would just write a book about it. Geraldo did the same thing. All right, here's Tim Riley. Hey, listen to this. You're going to get some money back from the government. Hooray. Now, the lowest of the low will get $600. And if you have some kids, you might get $1,200. Uh, these are called tax rebates. They start going out in May. And uh, most people will have them by July, so that's a good thing. What? Nah, never mind, never mind, never mind. It's something politicians put together. I hesitate to ask a question about the tax code, Tim. I, th I suspect you could answer it, but I think the answer might just make me angry. Probably make you angry. Here's my thing. Mm. Okay. So let's say there's you, me, and Sarah. Mm -hmm. Let's say for the sake of simplicity, we all make the same amount of money every year, and it's $100. The sake of simplicity, total income from everything we do, 100 bucks, right, just for the sake of whatever. Of that $100 we make in a year, uh, we each pay whatever, $15 in taxes, right? All right. So we make a hundred bucks in a year. We pay fifteen dollars in tax. But if Sarah has two kids, she gets more back, right? Yes. yes. Now, where does that? But if you're also married, you get more back too, right? Mm -hmm. Well, but where does that? But but in the term, but in kid, like where does that more back come from? 
Does that come from the $15, Tim, that you and I pay in? Right. It comes from the pool of the money that's paid in. So I, with no children, am paying people to have children. That's correct, yes. Can I pretend I have children? Because this is a Christian nation. Judeo-Christian values, family values. Mm -hmm. should totally fake that you have a kid. Do like a Larry David thing where you get like a little like a, a doll. Here it is. Um, and the person who's firmly behind this, by the way... There's someone with San Francisco values named Nancy Pelosi. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. No, sir. I don't like it. I smell a rat. All right. So, well, that just makes me angry. So, you're going to be more angry. But that's the way it is. All right. Fine. No, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I am aware that in many ways that I'm just going to take it in the shorts for not having kids. That's fine. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Now, Mexico City is rolling out women-only buses. Groping and verbal harassment are a reality for Mexican women in Mexico City where 22 million uh, passengers cram into subways and buses every day. Some men treat women so badly that the subway system has long had ladies-only cars during the rush hour, with police actually segregating them on the platform. This is where? Mexico City. So now they're going to have ladies-only buses complete with pink signs of the windshields. Of course. Uh, many women are delighted, while some men are forced to wait a little bit longer for their own buses. The female-only buses... Uh, let's see, have been spotted. They have ladies-only signs, and women have been viewed putting on makeup while waiting for the next bus stop. So there. Uh, women asked for the service due to sexual harassment, especially groping and leering. Apparently, leering. Some uh, men are, are complaining they have to wait longer for a bus than the ladies. Apparently this happens in Japan a lot, too. I had a friend of mine who lived in Japan for a while. She said that just every time you would take the subway, it was just like guys just groping hands all over you. Oh, I mean, I'm not trying to paint the Japanese people like a certain way, but this was her experience. Your typical the, Mexican woman carries a pin to, to stab guys. Really? <laughs> Excellent. Good That's for you. That's a great idea. Well done. Hat pin. Mm -hmm. Hat pin right in the arm. Uh, her whole Because in Japan, those subways are like, they're crazy crowded. I mean, where they, like, there are those guys who are paying. them with brooms. Yeah, they're, they stand outside with like those big, yeah, basically big plungers, and they shove people in there right before the door shuts. And shit, it was so crowded that you would be on this Japanese subway, and she said there would be hands all over you, and you couldn't tell from where they were coming. Yeah. So, that's creepy. Um, who wants to hear an email about the Blue Man Group? I do. All right. Trying to move past the angry about kids thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick, this email says, Maybe I'm missing something, but what in the world? Uh, why in the world would it ever be appropriate for the Blue Man Group to shove a camera down somebody's throat? <laughs> what were they trying to accomplish? <laughs> what possible reason would there be to do that? When planning the show... At what point would they say, hey, we should get an, esophag an esophageal camera and ram it down an audience member's trachea? I mean, is there something to see down there? Why are they doing this? Anyway, he says uh, that news story brings up more questions than answers. It really does. Uh, and then we've got this. Um, Rick, wasn't the Blue Man Group just in town? On Monday night, I was working for karaoke from hell, and someone kept saying the drummer from the Blue Man Group was wanting to sing. Hmm. Well, okay. I don't know. I they might have. They might have. Oh, because they're on tour right now, actually. Are those the real blue men, though? Well, I think they're going to tell. Well, they've got a franchise, though, don't they? Oh, they might be. I think don't they have? That's a, you know they ought to have a reality show, uh, because I do think there is like a blue man school that you go to, um, and then they have different troops or teams of the blue man group that kind of go around the country. Mm -hmm. I think that's the. I could be making that up. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, actually, the people who have kids don't, you don't pay money in so they get money back. They just pay less taxes. Uh, so they put less into the pool to begin with. Yeah, but, but they're, no, but, but Tim was saying in this rebate, if you have kids, you'll get more back. 
okay, but you'll get more back, but everybody is getting money back they actually didn't pay in anyway. If you that go makes it logically. I, don't, I guess I don't understand what you're trying to say. Someone, I'm, not, I'm missing the point. Tim, do you understand what he's saying? He's saying they didn't put that much in the first place, and they're still getting more back. Who, the people with kids? Yes. Yeah, so that just makes it doubly bad then. Right. But, you know, you, 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 how much, I mean, it depends on how many taxes you paid last year. I mean, I didn't pay any taxes last year because I have a great accountant, so. <laughs> well, good for you. I mean, and I mean that sincerely. We all give you a big thumbs up. I well, guess I won't get any money back from the government when the rebate checks come anyway. I so. guess what I'm saying is that's what I, happened to me with the state uh, with the state thing. Remember, I got like nine dollars back and everybody else got hundreds. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I realize that I'm boiling it down. I'm over oversimplifying the issue, but I'm just saying if there's a you know if if we're all making you know the same amount and we're all paying the same amount in, and then some guy uh, goes uh, slinging his seed around and gets money back from the government. That money has to come from somewhere. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody is getting less money because that guy's getting more money. Well, it's the government writing checks because they can. But I'm saying the government gets that money from us. Well, yeah. So the I am paying that guy to reproduce. Well, no. Well, yeah, I suppose if you want to go to the nth degree that way, actually, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are paying that guy to reproduce. Well, no, I, I'm not trying. I understand. I understand the Democrats are just as evil as the Republicans. I'm simply saying... Yeah. The the government makes all their money from us, so in a, in a large sense, uh, yeah. we we who are child free are paying people to have children. Yeah, because we're trying to hedge off a, a quote recession, which can't happen unless the GDP is down and two quarters consecutively, which it isn't. Wow, this is and, weird. This is like when that woman called in the other day and was asking Tim about refinancing advice or something. Right. Yeah, I mean there there is no recession. No matter how many times they bring the word up, there is no recession. The housing market bubble is a bubble. It, it will do that because the housing markets are artificially inflated. You know, this is like uh, Kristen Bowie wrote this big uh, this blog in her MySpace about stagflation the other day. I don't even really know what it is, but that's a great word. I'm going to start using. All right, thank you, sir. You bet, man. Bye. Uh, I'm going to start using the word stagflation a lot, and I'm going to say it like really like with an air of authority. And just to see, like, what people believe me. Go, oh, what's really going to uh, what's really going to ha- impact the economy negatively here is we're going to head into a third consecutive quarter of stagflation, and uh, that's really where you're going to see some reversals in the, the various markets. And I'm just going to kind of nod sagely and then walk off. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it's a new low. The number one selling album only sold sixty thousand five hundred nineteen copies you last are week. Kidding me? No. But wait, hold on. Don't tell me who it is. Uh, is it an artist or a group? It is an artist, male or female. A lady. Um, I don't even know who. I don't even know. I don't even know who. Alicia Keys, as I am, registered the second worst weekly sales tally for the number one album. Well done. Since SoundScan began monitoring album sales in 1991, her album sold 60,519 copies last week. Just 455 more copies than the all-time bottom dweller, the Dreamgirls soundtrack, that sold 60,064 copies in its second week one year ago. Do you remember? uh, Not. Just a few years ago, and I mean really just a few years ago, when that InSync record sold 1.2 million copies in a week, mm-hmm. that was right before the MP3 craze really decimated everything. Mm-hmm. 60,000 copies is enough to be the number one selling album. Number two is a Juno contract uh, soundtrack with 58,000. Number three, Mary J. Blige, Growing Pains, 52,000. Radiohead, 46,000. Raheem Devon. However, she is, she is 45,000. <laughs> you sounded like Andy Rooney just there going, what kind of a presidential name is Raheem? Taylor uh, Swift, 34,000 for number six. That is, I mean, all that, that I, I would bet 
In fact, I'll guarantee you, without even looking at it, the top ten added together aren't even half of what that NSYNC record sold. Millie Cyrus, 27,000 at number ten. Jesus. Boy. I am... Uh, look, I say this with all respect, because we love music and musicians. I am so glad that is not my career. I am so glad I do not work as a musician for my living, because... You're going to go on tour? You, you have to, you know? And and I, I don't want to open up a whole debate and argument about file sharing, because I know that the response from people who are very, very pro-file sharing, and I'm not going to pretend to be a better person than I am. We've all done that. You know, everybody everybody has done that. Um, I will tell you all this, um, just uh, as a side note, and I'm not going to, um, I don't know, I'm not going to start pimping one thing over another here, but I will say that uh, there are some services that have popped up in the last year or so that have really made it easy, convenient, everything to buy, legitimately purchase, and pay for music online. And I will tell you that since I started using some of those services, the amount of stuff that I will download or, or whatever is just has dropped to almost nothing because there's just no need. There's just no need now because it is so cheap and easy to legally buy stuff now. They finally started to kind of do it right. Um, but you know, but the, the, the people who are really all for like everything ought to be free and the file sharing is the way they always say. Well, you're just going to have to make money by going on tour or whatever. But then you you do start to think about artists who are like 70 years old. You know, about so like you know some old jazz musician or something who's just going to make you know who has who who really can't do that. And so I just I am really glad that I am not a musician and that I'm not having to do my livelihood you know based on that. Jesus. Voodoo Donut Shop, Portland's own, makes the top 20 at number 18 in the top donut shops in the U.S. Really? Hmm? Is that, this is not chains, this is all probably just indie stores? No, chains too. Really? And yeah. they're still number 18? Good for them. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to KCMD Portland, by the way. Oh, somebody sent me a whole list of uh, broken, I'm sorry, uh, uh, tertiary celebrities um, that we can get from, let's see, they've sent me the website, uh, Celebrity Management and Booking Service. And here's a whole list of people who we could um, who we could book uh, to appear at uh, at one of our events, Tim. Hey, Anderson Cooper. <gasps> now he's in the uh, listen to that. That was like a mega ribbon oh, back. Oh, he is so dreamy. Now I'm sure he'd feel the same about <laughs> you. <laughs> I was just gonna let it trail off. Um, no, this we is I consider a woman to be attractive. They uh, he could he could appreciate you uh, as an aesthetically pleasing woman. Okay. He enjoys his uh, female cohort on the air. Yes, he does. Steve Kassenbaum said he's one of the most handsome. Like he he said he sees him working out in the CNN gym yeah. sometimes. And that he's very you handsome. get the feeling that he's very well put together. You do oh, get absolutely. that sense. I mean, not just because I only he ever see him. Good stock, you know. I do. Why you only on TV? You can really only see him from like nipple up, you know. Uh, but like you get the feeling that he just is in shape and you know he's got that polynic thing going on like zero body fat. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, but so on this website, celebrity booking, they've got the celebrity headliners they can book, and then everybody, and then down below that is just all the the dreck. Okay, here are the headliners: Adam Carolla, Anderson Cooper, uh, Carson Daly, Bill Cosby, and then it takes then it takes a bit of a turn. Alan Thick. Yes, we talked to Alan Thick once, didn't we? No, no, no. we turned him down. Uh, Barbara Eden. I'd like to talk to her. Carson Cressley, yesterday's news. <laughs> wow. And then Ant. I don't Ant. know what Ant is. Oh, he's some flamboyant comedian. Is that true? Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. No, he's on that celebrity weight loss challenge show. By thing. flamboyant, do you mean saucy? Yes, exuberant. He's, he'd, he'd annoy you, I think. He's exuberant. He annoys everyone. He's yeah. a, he's, is, he, is he jolly and gay? Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Okay, but then right here, 
right now we get now we get into this. So here we go. Uh, we've we've had the A-listers. I'm just going to throw out some names. Tell me if you know who I'm talking about, and then I will tell you why you might know them. Felix Silla. No idea. Anyone? No. Felix Silla. No. Well, Tim, he played. Boy, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel when you book these people. Felix Silla played Cousin It. I think there were several people who played Cousin It. Maybe. Oh, do you suppose there's some sort of a scandal? Like, uh -huh. do you suppose there's, like, many people, and he's trying to, like, trademark it? Like, uh -huh. he's, he's like that Otis Day in the Nights guy. Like, he realizes that this is one chance to make money. Uh, okay. Several people have claimed to be Cousin It. Kevin Weatherwax. Oh, he was Pugsley. Well noted. Wow. Lisa Loring. Wednesday. Yeah. I'd kind of like to talk to her. I thought she died. Well, let's click on her name and find out what if it's just 404. 440, Eric, not available. Uh, let's see. I'd kind of like to interview her. Oh, my God. She's, well, this is an older photo, but she's still very attractive if this is uh, any, if this resembles reality at all. Here's her booking. Then why haven't we heard of her then? Best known for the role of Wednesday Adams mm -hmm. and Cricket Montgomery on As the World Turns. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, hold on. I, let me look at her uh, bio here. Just take a look at day one, shall we? Uh, let's see. Um, she's made an indelible mark on pop culture. Uh, pop culture. I guess she has. Um, she, okay, I'm going to see. look at her booking form. Let's see if it'll tell us how much it costs. She, I, man, this photograph is from the 80s, but I mean... I wonder if she. I wonder if she still looks this good. She looks very attractive here. Hold on. Now, now, unfortunately, they're not going to tell us how much. You have to email in, and they'll give you a quote. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Who else do we have here? Aaron Murphy. Tim. These are all people that you, Tim, especially, will know, even if you. Oh, don't... from Happy Days. No. Guess again. No, you're thinking of Aaron Moran. Oh, Aaron Murphy. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to. Let's see if I can hum the theme song. Um, I don't know how the theme song to be witched goes. Da na 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 na. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, da na na na. I said your name, Jeannie. Well, whatever. Uh, she was uh, uh, Tabitha Stevens. Oh, bewitched. Yeah, I was just thinking about her the other day. Many of the Bradys are available. Uh, let's see. How about this? Um, Jay North, of course. Um, Dwayne Hickman, Tim Riley. The many loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, let's see. How about this? Um, well, Buffy's not available anymore, but Kathy Garver and Johnny Whitaker from Family Affair. Johnny Whitaker, I, we saw him back at the old uh, KWJJ studios. Did we? He was interviewed on their midday show because that show was the only thing he could get invited to. <laughs> and I'm being, I'm being diplomatic. <laughs> Okay, I'll do a couple more, and then we really have to do more news. But, okay, we'll return, we'll return to this in the next hour, because this is fantastic. I love this. Okay, uh, one more. And, again, somebody you know, but you might not know. Luke Halpin. Flipper. Well, look at you. Oh, my god. Rockstar. All right. Flipper, he played who? Uh, Luke. No, no. Buddy. His name is Luke. He played. Oh, Sandy. 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 That's really impressive, Tim. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm a man who's not easily impressed. Well done. I am impressed by that. Oh, so Lisa Lauren uh, played a hooker, hooker in Laying Down the Law All in right. 1992. Is there anything approaching a, a recent photograph of her? Let's see here. No photo of Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, now here's what looks to be a recent photo. Again, she played Wednesday Adams. Okay, she's... Uh, maybe I'm only speaking for myself here. Here's a photograph from 2001. Uh, she was in PR for a hotel chain. Not bad looking.
Absolutely not. I would, you know, the thing is, you look at her as an adult here, you would never guess she was Wednesday Adams. Ever. Yeah, she's hot. I would, yes, I would have relations with her. I would. <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm officially that going on the record as yes. No, I'm just saying. I, uh, all right. Well, I was. I need to see this. We're. I'm totally going to interview her. We're going to try to get her on the show because she played Wednesday Adams. It's a huge part of American culture. So. Oh, she's pretty. She's not bad at all. I mean, especially because she's got to be almost 60. So. All right. Wild well, cousin, it's been on Battlestar Galactica, The Hindenburg. He also appears. Cousin, lo- it's been on The Hindenburg. <laughs> oh my! Humanity. <laughs> 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 he frequently appears in Las Vegas and Reno nightclubs with his own musical combo. So I guess he leaves the band. You know that joke is just that joke works in any that that joke work, works anywhere. He's been in Vegas. Cousin, it has two children. <laughs> Cousin, it has two mommies. <laughs> Cousin, it has two children. Cousin, it's been on the Hindenburg. No ticket. Uh, Cousin, it didn't speak English when he came here. At the age of 16. Cousin It? Okay. Cousin It's been on Battlestar Galactica. He's been, Cousin It has been both a clown and a bear back rider. What? I said Cousin It has been both a clown and a bear back rider. I barely knew her. Oh, cousin, it was almost killed working on Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. I don't even understand what we're talking about anymore. During the river rapid scene, a life raft flipped over that uh, cousin it was riding on, and he was trapped underneath for quite some time. Cousin it has been on the Hindenburg (laughs) with a pulpy inflatable vest. Cousin it nearly drowned until a safety driver reached him and pulled him to safety. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Cousin it's wife is named Sue. And the children are named Bonnie and Michael. So she's Sue It. I on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Sarah, it's not too late. You want to make some tax rebates? Wow. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> you bring the ball gag, I'll bring the saddle. Oh, see, now that's oh, no, that was too no, far. It's, no, it's funny and then no longer funny. Now you're just somebody we have to keep I a restraining order. I don't think anyone's going to accept that offer. No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Um, hi, that was weird. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so as far as the taxes go, if you imagine the country as a business, the reason why folks that have kids uh, pay less in taxes is because they're making more taxpayers. So it's just sort of, uh, you know. Yeah, but, you know, people say that. People always say that. that, Well, I'm having children, therefore I'm getting. But I would be willing to bet uh, that the number of people who have kids in this country that then therefore result in me having to pay out the ass to take care of those kids or to take care of them because they grow up and turn into adults who don't have health care or whatever, I'm thinking it's a wash. I mean, look, let's let's just be honest, because really, let's let's just, let's boil it down. If it was true that people who have kids benefited the economy, look at all the idiotic bastards having, pumping out kids by the dozen in this country. We would have more money than we knew what to do with if that was true. Um, idiotic bastards pumping out kids? Yes. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Look, think of, the, think of the dumbest person you know, and I'll guarantee you they have like nine kids. 
I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if it was true that children benefited the economy just like by existing, then we would have no debt and we would have like a surplus of 20 zillion dollars because the, the only thing this country seems to be really good at is finding dumb people to crank out children. Well, Rick? Yes. Children are our greatest resource. Yeah, they are the future. Thank you. Good day. I'm not trying to sound down on people having kids. I'm just saying, you know, it, everybody loves children. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um I'm just saying that, you know, the, the idea that they are inherently good for the economy, that seems to be a little bit of flawed reasoning there. So, that's okay. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about uh, Mitt Romney, who's put himself back in, in, in the news again with what is supposed to be a prank, but obviously oh, he meant to do this. Uh, 36-year-old Matt Romney decided to give his dad, who loves to pull pranks because he's a regular guy. Because <laughs> he's just like you. He decided to call his father and pretend that he was uh, California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Go right ahead and shoot. My principles of leadership, progress over politics. Well, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Who is your daddy and what does he do? He continues. Hi. How are you? I'm just fine, Governor. How are you doing today? Good. Good. What can I do for you? First, I would like to just get to know you. Wait, let me understand this. So this is the kid, alleged Matt Romney, mm -hmm. allegedly pranking the dad with like a soundboard. But this is clearly all a setup to try to make Mitt Romney look like less of a dick. Yes, because everybody but we, we all know he is one. Yes. No. In fact, can I just? I read a great article uh, in the New York Times last night, uh, it, all about how the other candidates hate him. I mean, and it, obviously candidates bought heads, and they, it is a fight for the White House, and everybody knows that. But you'll notice that, like, McCain and Huckabee seem to have this sort of weird non-aggression pact. And, you know, and, and like, John Edwards' clash with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, but there doesn't seem to be actual animosity there. The other Republican candidates all seem to loathe Mitt Romney. I mean, they seem to actively despise him and wish him harm. So this is because he just comes off as like a prick. So this is uh, so this is clearly an attempt to defuse that a little bit. Uh, Drew Peterson is back on the dating market with relatives and friends of missing Illinois housewife Stacy Peterson observing her 24th birthday this week with a solemn vigil. The main suspect in her disappearance, her husband, is going public with his desire to start dating again. Stacy is not missing, says Drew Peterson's attorney. She ran away. Uh, meanwhile, a what a date with Drew contest that was supposed to air today on a Chicago radio station has now been canceled. Drew Peterson, who was the prime suspect in her disappearance. Anyway, uh, during a phone call to the Steve Dow program today, Peterson's lawyer suggested they return Thursday for a win a date with Drew Peterson contest. You want to do a dating game tomorrow? I'll do a dating game with you. I don't know. It's the lawyer. Yeah, why not? All right, let's do it tomorrow at 8. What do you say? Sure. Tomorrow at 8. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be, now, who picks the date, though? Drew. Okay. I'll line up the, the bachelorettes, and then Drew gets to pick from the three girls. Well, this hilarious stunt. Wacky DJs. Will not happen after all. Remembering Lacey, how her smile would make you smile. Remembering Lacey, what? how she loved their Is this not... Stacy Peterson. Yeah. Not Lacey Peterson. Right. I always I always do that. All right. All right. They're so, similar. So the concept but this one ran away. Did she? Yeah. Did she run away into a grave somewhere? Probably. <laughs> she ran into she ran away into a knife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, allegedly. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Investigators in California have announced the arrest of a man who could build bombs out of cell phones. 
This happened in uh, San Jose. Uh, apparently, he started an undercover sting operation. Well, the police did to catch this uh, copper thief. At one point, they set up what appeared to be a recycling shop in Santa Clara. Investigators say they were approached by a person who said he could get them in contact with a man who could make bombs out of cell phones. Santa Clarita Police uh, Chief Stephen Lodge said the man eventually came into the shop and demonstrated that he could indeed build such a device. Our undercover uh, operatives uh, asked him to demonstrate it. It's an actual scaled-down version demonstrating that he could call a cell phone number and activate a bomb remotely. It worked very well. Excellent. Word spreads pretty quickly, and customers or clients would come in and ask if we were interested in buying a particular product. A number of times guns were brought in, we were offered those uh, products at a price, and word spread within that criminal community. Nine D.C. employees have been fired after Mayor Adrian Fenty announced they wasted too much time on Internet porn sites while on the job. <laughs> There's an acceptable level, though. Right. It, was, it was with unreason. Uh, apparently, investigators confiscated nine computers which were used to access porn sites up to 200 times per workday. The mayor called their behavior more than agrarious. We did have employees uh, who had used government uh, computers uh, uh, in incorrectly, uh, who had used them um, really in a way uh, that is reprehensible. And does it say, was it all guys? Does it say in the It story? does not. All right. You, I mean, I'm assuming it. I'm assuming it was. Mm -hmm. All right. A uh, $700 million Navy aircraft carrier had to turn back two days into its mission because its refrigerator broke down. The HMS Illustrious from Britain, complete with high-tech weaponry, was heading for the Indian Ocean with nearly 1,000 crew on hand when it returned to port yesterday. The staff had discovered a fault in the giant refrigerator, so the chief said, of course, and uh, brought it back. It'll cost uh, $20,000 to pay the, uh, the repairman. The crew will remain on board while the repairs are taking place. This guy says, Rick, what about Clint Howard? Poor guy, second banana to a grizzly, bad alien on Star Trek, then an endless parade of pathetic cameos in your successful brother's movies. That is true. Clint Howard is sort of the, um, I guess he's the Clint Howard of the movie world. I was trying to come up with an analogy, but I think he's just him. He is the analogy. Uh, let's see. Um, people are sending me more factoids about Cousin It. All right, Tim, here's some more. Here's, I think, who you were thinking of earlier. Uh, well, you, weren't, you were thinking about Aaron Moramit. How about Anson Williams? Go, oh, happy days. Who played? Oh, I should know this. You have, you have a 50-50 chance of being right because he was part of a, a duo. Yes, Potsy Weber. They, they try to give him a musical career also. He recorded a single. Pot, as Potsy or as Anson Williams? As Anson Williams, recording a single. Tell me he was singing a song somehow related to the Happy Days show. It was some kind of ballad. Really? I but it wasn't the record from Potsy with Love? Probably. Okay. It was about the same time as Christy and Jimmy McNichol made an album. They were trying to push that one, too. I love Jimmy. So, you, so you had a choice. I love Christy McNichol, and I love Jimmy McNichol. I love them both. Where's Christy McNichol these days? And Probably why? from Nuthouse somewhere. <laughs> Isn't she crazy? I, I don't know. Is she? So. Why do I always confuse Christy McNichol with Mackenzie Williams? No, Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, well, she, she has her own problems, I guess. Christy McNichol and Mackenzie Phillips always get sort of rotated around in my head. Uh, let's see. How about this? John Provost. He was Timmy on Lassie. You are just a genius of this. I, we got to do a contest with this. All right, hold on. Richie, we're going to give some crap away right now using Tim's <laughs> knowledge of 50 sitcoms. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Christy McNichol is currently, as of 2001... 
teaching acting at a private school in Los Angeles. As of 2001. As of half a decade ago. Dropped out of acting because she was sick and tired of acting. So she decided to teach acting. She wanted an average life. Okay. Fair enough. Chrissy McNichol, and then she was sister of Jimmy McNichol. <laughs> Jimmy McNichol! Uh, I'm going to start shouting that out whenever I'm amazed by something. Um, so, but wait, now hold on again. Now, oh, this is making my head hurt. Oh, this whole thing is just too much! All right, so. Uh, did I mention we're taking caller five for something? Richie, uh, we're going to take caller five here. Uh, he is play. now recording as a singer under the name Jimmy James. Stop! And he's quite successful. Stop, you're going to be like a mile an hour. <laughs> Oh, that's is that's a that's under where are they now? Is of 1996. Where are they now? Is of 1996. He's now recording. Where, the where are they? Jimmy years James. Ago. He prefers to be called James, though. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay. Uh, he, he has just released a new CD called Echo Warrior in 1999. You know what's great is when you go to some alleged celebrity blog. And you click on news, and it's something from 2005. Yeah. That's almost worse than if, like, the last post was in 1999. Like, somehow, if the last post was 18 months ago or a year ago, that implies that they are kind of posting regularly. There's just nothing to report. Um, okay. Uh, Richie, we're going to give away um, here. On the line will be a copy of that... Uh, Wonderful new movie by The Rock, where he does something with children. I thought I saw that on sale at Safeway today. Like a dollar. <laughs> uh, also, a copy of The Ten with Jessica Alba and Winona Ryder, available on home DVD, The 26, from City Lights Entertainment. So those two things, uh, Richie, will be on the line here. Um, okay. So let, before we do this, though. Okay, so Mackenzie Phillips was what's-her-name on One Day at a Time. Valerie Bertinelli played Barbara. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Phillips played. What was the older sister's name on One Day at a Time? That was a long time ago. Yeah, I know, but I mean, bless you. What was the on, on One Day at a Time? It was Mrs. Romano. I don't remember her first name. Anne. Anne Romano. Anne Romano. Uh, Barbara, as played by Valerie Bertinelli, and then Julie. Julie, as played by Mackenzie Phillips. Cooper okay. Horvath. What? That was her whole name. Julie Cooper Horvath? Yeah. Okay. Don't ask me why. Okay. I'm not going to. Um, all right. But then here's my question. Is Christy McNichol, from what do I even know her? Like, I, family. It was on during the 70s. Was it, a, was it a drama or a sitcom? Drama. She played the tomboy. Okay. Re- no. No. Really? <laughs> um, here's, the, um, here's the thing about that, though. I've never seen that show. So the, I don't think it ever played anywhere after that. So the the best of, the, the weird thing is that I know Christy McNichol. This is one of those things where I know in Sarah, Sarah's head it's just a... As a matter of fact, the, the dad on that show was Matt Bro, uh, Matthew Broderick's dad before he died. Freaking me out. It, so he was James Broderick. So Christy McNichol is best known for this show that no one really ever saw. She played Letitia Buddy Lawrence. Buddy. Mm-hmm. They boy, they knew they knew even then, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Look, your name is gonna be your name is gonna be Letitia. Uh, you know, uh, well, I, guess, I guess Buddy is the best. Tough guy, Lawrence. Um, and her, so her the brother Willie was played by Gary Frank, whoever he is. The weird thing is, though, I've never seen that program. It's not in syndication. It's not on DVD, and yet everybody kind of knows who Christy McNichol is, which is sort of weird. 
Because she hadn't really done anything. I think she did a couple made-for-TV movies after that. Did you ever see that made-for-TV movie that Christy McNichol did where she worked... Sounds like a bad joke. She worked in a toilet paper factory. I didn't know. <laughs> it was great. No, here's the thing. She worked in a factory boxing toilet paper. And at one point... Well, it's good, honest work. No. No. Well, look, everybody needs to, to do something. Um, there was this TV movie where Christy McNichol worked in a toilet paper factory. And the deal is... Her, her wacky sort of character trait was with a with a Sharpie, she would write little messages on the rolls of toilet paper. Like, hey, how, how's it going? Or whatever. I'm trying to find out which, which movie is that. Is that Women of Valor? I don't know. It also had it had David Paymer in it. Um, and uh, why do I remember these things? And anyway, so she's writing notes on toilet paper. And then it turns out later on, some of the boxes of toilet paper are being shipped over to the NAM. Uh, whether you know there are fighting men or on the front lines, and there was a guy who gets, I swear to you this is true, gets one of her rolls of toilet paper and then spends however long trying to track down the charming girl at the toilet paper factory who was writing notes on his wipe, you know? <laughs> and I From mean, Vietnam? Yeah, is that it? I don't know. No, I, I don't know what the name oh, of yeah, the movie is. Oh, yeah, he's in Vietnam. He gets this... Toilet paper, like from his sergeant or whatever. Here you go, your toilet paper. And there's like a note on it, like hi, you know. And then, so he then spends all this time tracking down who I must find out the woman in the factory who wrote the note on this toilet paper. And then they fall in love. And then I think she goes crazy. Er. All right. Dream oh. lover? No, like no, no. Dream lover is that movie with um Scott Valentine, I think. Uh, all right. Hi, uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show, sir. Madam, is the case maybe? Who's this? Hey, this is Mike. Mike, how you doing today? Pretty good. What are you doing? Are you at work? What are you? What's your deal? I drive another one. Uh, are you, what sort of work do you do, sir? Uh, I drive a big truck. Excellent. All right, here's here's how we're going to play our game. We have a copy of this uh, wonderful family film from The Rock. Apparently, it is a touchdown for families. Uh, and then we have this movie uh, with Jessica Alba. And the movie is apparently laugh out loud, uh, uh, amusing and funny. It does have Jessica Alba before she ruined her body with pregnancy, though. So you've got that going for you. Oh, well... Lovely. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, I am going to float the name, uh, and I think we can do maybe like best of three. I'm going to float the name of a celebrity. You may either guess what role they are most famous for, or you may pass and hand it off to Tim Riley, who will answer in your stead. Okay. All right? Okay. All right. Here's the thing. Uh, all right. I will uh, I will. Sk I will not do the next one because we just talked about it, which is Pat Priest. Um all right. Well, let's see here. Hold on. Okay. Please tell me the... Uh, I will say this. Please tell me either the television show or the character that uh, brought fame to... And then you can either answer or pass to Tim. That brought fame to actor Alan Young. Mike. Uh, pass it to Tim. Tim? Mr. Ed. Well done, Tim Riley. He played Wilbur Post on Mr. Ed. All right, Mike, due to Tim Riley's genius, you yourself have won two DVDs, uh, the 10 available, the 26 from City Lights Home Entertainment, and yeah, with The Rock uh, available, I guess, now from Disney. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right, thank you. Hold on, sir. Okay. All right, there you go. Richie, you want to take down his information? Well done, Tim Riley. Oh, Christy McNichols' biography channel bio is on. When? This week? Wait, let me set it so I can record the sound and a black screen to go along with it. Right. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. But usually they only have three biographies every week, and they and they rerun them like ten times. One of them always seems to be Reba McIntyre too. Every time I tune on it, you know that is important. Blah blah blah, Reba McIntyre, and then they play that horrible cover of the night the lights went out in Georgia. All right, I'm going to tape that right now. Uh, well, let's do another news story. Or you or you could just read me more fun facts about the McNichol family. Well, I've been trying to find out what the name of that toilet paper factory <laughs> movie is. <laughs> okay, here's. Have you tried doing this? Have you tried googling? The search terms, Christy McNichol and David Paymer. I'll try it again here. All right. Let's see here. Meanwhile, I'm going to go to TiVo in real time and set this Christy McNichol bio to record. How exciting. My wife's out of town. i got to make my own fun. When does she get back? How long has she gone for? Jesus, forever. For like another two weeks. Jeez. Not two weeks. Another, what, what's the day? The 24th. More than a week, though. She's still gone for like another 10 days. I mean, yeah, she's out of the country uh, for like two and a half weeks. Uh, it's, I think, the longest trip she's ever taken anywhere. Was it nominated for an Oscar? No. No, I can't. No, it can't possibly have been nominated. Well, because I saw it on television, and I'm pretty sure it was a made-for-TV film. So it's Christy McNichol and who again? David Paymer. Uh, P-A-Y-M-E-R. I am almost positive that David Paymer is in it. Paymer. Paymer. Well, check I am the DB. <laughs> oh, by the way, um... Let's see here. Did I um, did I leave the iron on? Did I? Did you guys get that? Uh, did I send you that CBS audio? Sarah, did you get that in your inbox this morning? Yeah, I haven't. Listened, I had a chance to listen to it yet. There's though. one of them that uh, is called. Um, let's see. Would you, what are the names of those? Uh, Criswell and Morton Stevens. Morton Stevens. Hey Tim, speaking of made-for-TV movies, you want to have a little flashback? Sure. All right, play the Morton Stevens one, sir. I am trying. This will this will give very slow. insta flashbacks to generations of people. It's gonna totally gonna bake your news. No, you got to do it from the beginning. Okay, hang on. All right. I don't even know where this is playing from. My computer is going sketchy. I know the feeling. Is this it? No. You know what? I'm getting the damn TMZ thing. Like really? Gets. Oh, I see. Here I we go. hate that. <laughs> How great is that? Everybody, uh, uh, I would say, over the age of 30 remembers that sound. Mm -hmm. That is the special presentation sounder uh, that they would play. And there was that weird thing of the letters tilting sideways and leaving like a trail. They would do, that is the music that accompanied the announcement, and now a CBS special presentation. And it was the special presentation was never special. It was just like some crap movie, like, mm -hmm. here's Rocky Three, a special presentation. And they would always try to label everything special as though that would just, like, calling it so would make it so. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, hi. Wasn't Christy McNichol in uh, Little Darlings? No. And that was Tatum O'Neill. Was it Christy McNichol, the other girl in Little Darlings, mm -hmm. Tim? Yes. Little please. Darlings. Talk about a movie you can never make today. Yeah. That, I, think, I thought she was. Uh, Sarah, have you ever seen Little Darlings? No. Isn't, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Are the characters in Little Darlings not like 15? Yeah, I think they're at some summer camp. It or is something a, it like is that. a it is a movie about two girls at a summer camp who I believe are like 14 or 15, and this is a major motion picture release. This is not like an HBO film. Yeah. It, it was about two like 14 year old girls at summer camp competing to lose their virginity. I mean, you could you could never make that movie now. Yeah. Yeah, I that was her. Yeah, that's what I thought. Excellent, Tatum O'Neill. Whatever happened to her? All right, thank you. Take care. Oh, well done. Yeah. You could never make that movie now. 
You know, about two 14-year-old girls competing to lose their virginity. I mean, there's just no way. Tatum O'Neill was on an episode of Sex in the City. That's really? Was she still good-looking? Mm-hmm. She was pretty cute. I remember uh, uh, when I was a little kid, I saw the movie Paper Moon, and I thought she was adorable in that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. Hey. Hey. Uh, I was just going to talk about Little Foxes as well. I remember when that movie came out, I was working as an usher at a theater. <laughs> but um, wasn't Kristen McNichol also on Family? Well, that, so I, Tim noted that, but I've never seen that show, which just makes it oh, weirder that I know who she is. It was an ABC. It was ABC's answer to Eight Is Enough, or CBS's answer to Eight Is Enough, something like that. Interesting. Apparently, it's never come out on DVD, though. So it's strange that we all are sort of aware of it. Well, we're all alive then. That's true. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Best show ever. Thank you. That guy had crazy eyes of the mouth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick, Sarah, and Tim. Jeff Klein. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. Hello, and I just want you to know I'm not looking Tim directly in the eyes when I talk to him. Okay, you're averting. Excellent, well done. I'll listen to events. I make sure I, you do not look Tim directly in the eyes. Yes. I'm calling that Blue Man Group. They did the, the esophagus cam with me. So wait, so so with you though? They, okay, please to tell me what. Well, during the show, and I'm, I've talked to people. I've told people about it, and I don't think it's every show. I think it's you know every other show or something Is like that. Is it only for certain lucky mem- members of the audience? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only so, if you have that special something. Right, and I was the only one there, surprisingly. It was weird. No, so there's like a thousand people in the audience, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, they're crawling over all the seats over people, and then somehow one snuck behind me, and these giant blue hands grab my head, and this other guy grabs the bottom of your jaw and rips your jaw open where, like, you know, you eat a sandwich and it's almost too big, and your jaw starts to, like, cramp up. And they just shoved the camera in there, and then, you know, they obviously have some kind of video loop like they're going down your throat. You but... sure that you weren't, like, in a bar or something, and you hadn't you hadn't gone away, left your drink alone for a while? Or... I was in Vegas. I know that. This sounds like a whole lot of, and then I just woke up in an alley with a stabbing pain in my ass. <laughs> and then they pull my kidneys out. <laughs> well, you got to love the Blue Man Group, especially since they dump me in a cornfield. What's that guy that we used to always try out for the Blue Man Group? That, the oh, show to- made to- me watch, to- and they canceled. Tobias Funke. Yes. Yes. What was? Uh, do we have uh, Sarah? Do we have some sort of a blue man pun from Arrested Development? I'm sorry, Roman your computer's your computer's eating it today, isn't it? No, but I'm sure I could find something if you All give right. me an no, hour. No, we'll, uh, <laughs> on the other side of the break, we'll we'll play an amusing Arrested Development clip just to make everybody angry about the show all over again. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. It. Thank you, sir. There you go. Bye. Jeff, Jeff Klein. Deal with it. All right. Uh, all right. Fantastic. Well, no one can find the. Um, no one can find the Christy McNichol toilet paper movie. I tried. I'm not making it up. I watched it. I can only try so many times before I give up, and I've reached that point. <laughs> well, there's only so much emotional investment you can have in a toilet paper movie starring <laughs> Christy McNichol from 35 years ago. Oh, God. All right. Um, Jesus, it's 135. I've been sitting here all day. Have we no guests? <laughs> we don't. Oh, okay. This is it, baby. This is all we got. I'm wondering why I'm here for the... <laughs> because we love you, Tim. Okay, well, I can accept that. <laughs> we have to break. Otherwise, we're just going to sit here and fritter away another 40 minutes doing nothing. I mean, we're going to do that when we come back, but we might as well uh, make the station a little money while we're doing it. Jesus. All right, back after this. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's uh, D. Snyder and the rest of Twisted Sister. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This email says, Bonjourno, Rick. 
I have been in Rome for a few days and missed the Rick Emerson show. As such, I am now listening online in Rome, nine hours ahead of Portland. I love how you started out the show with The Wizard of Oz. Fantastic. Give a shout-out to Sarah and Tim from Italy. Says Grazie Paul. How weird. That's cool. It's so weird, though. I don't mean to sound like my granddad, but really, honestly, that is so freakish. How so? That, that uh, we are here talking in Portland, mm. and in Rome, it is 11 o'clock at night, and a guy is listening to what we're saying here. Very it's cool. Just, it is really He's listening weird. in the future. He's listening in the future, and, you know, like on the other side of the planet. Everything else there is uh, spoken in Italian. That's probably why. Yes, I would. I would share that assessment. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi, Rick. I wanted to let you know, Christy McNichol was in a, a movie musical called The Pirate Movie. The Pirate Movie with Chris Atkins. Uh, uh, isn't that his name from The Blue Lagoon? Yes, and then Tatum O'Neill right now is in the series Rescue Me on TNT. Who does she play? She plays, um, I think, his cuckoo sister. Okay, I've actually, I have, I kind of drifted away from Rescue Me, so I have to go back and watch it again. I don't, maybe that was just after I started watching or something. Okay, well, it's good to know she's getting work. Is she related to Ryan O'Neal? I thought she was his daughter. Daughter. Okay, okay, that does make sense. That's right, because they were in Paper Moon together. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Excellent, thank you. Quite welcome. All right, there you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, how's it going, Rick what? and Sarah? What's Hello? up? Hey, I had a weird uh, story about the uh, Blue Man Group. I saw him twice in Chicago, and uh, the first time I went, I mean, I was stone cold sober, uh-huh. which you know you can be either for that show, but it would work out just fine. But uh, so I, I after, like, there's an intermission I think, and I had to use the bathroom really bad. So, I, like, the whole staff is in, in on it. I, I went up to a couple different people. I said, "Hey, you know, where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom?" And and they said, "The bathroom? Oh, the bathroom's through through the lobby." But I couldn't find it, so I asked somebody else, "Where's the bathroom?" And they told me the same exact thing. So finally I found it, and I went to the bathroom, and they had this weird, strange music playing in the bathroom. Like, I mean, I'm not going to try to hit the same tone. It was like, the bathroom, the bathroom's through the lobby, the bathroom, the bathroom's through, over and over again. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, God, did someone, like, slip some LSD in my drink or something? <laughs> really? I mean, stuff like that makes me less inclined to go to a thing like the Blue Man Group. I'm a big believer in the, uh, just, you know, the act stops when I walk out of the, the, the seat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that stuff kind of. I don't. I. I. I guess I don't think I enjoy things where it's like surreal the entire the entire way through. I like to be able to go to the bathroom and just you know go go to the bathroom normally. Yeah. Well, what was really strange about it is, yeah. Obviously, I was like very weird out by the whole thing, and yeah. you know, do what I had to do, and then so I, I didn't go back, but I I I went back in later, and the, and the music was not playing. It's like they have some sort of like device to. To know when to do that. <laughs> you sound a little stoned right now, actually. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Well, they shouldn't warrant. Uh, they shouldn't warrant too much attention. But Dad Skusevich just quit his bid for the White House. No. Yes. No. Yes. He'll make the formal announcement tomorrow. Ron Paul, we're looking at you. All right. Uh, about taxes, Rick. It's not just the childless that get it in the shorts for taxes. I am. Wait for it. This is the worst thing to be. Self-employed, and I work from home. I have to pay a special TriMet tax every year. TriMet, which I never have to take because I work eight feet from my bed. But yet I have to pay more in taxes to subsidize it. Signed, the whole system is out of order. 
Uh, let's see. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, uh, the upcoming episodes of Biography. Are you sure that Christy McNichol has a biography coming up? Let yeah. me ask you, was that on her website? No, IMDb. Because TiVo.com is wrong. Now, look, there's a line. I'm just saying, here's what TiVo says, starting today. Michael J. Fox. Um, it's funny how sometimes the biography capsule, though, just kind of gives you all you need to know, and you don't really need to watch it. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Cher, Sonny Bono, Jessica Lange. Here's the one that is long. John Wayne Gacy. Uh, Marlon Brando, Tina Turner, Beyonce, Bruce Willis, Jack Nicholson, Christina Onassis. And that's all the way through the weekend. Now, listen to this description of Christina Onassis. Talk about in a nutshell. Four marriages, depression, and early death are the fate of billionaire Christina Onassis. The end. That's sort of a beyond Cliff's notes. Uh, all right. Okay, Tim, it's that time once again. How about Barry Livingston? He's on my three sons. Well, look at you. You continue to amaze. Play it. All right. Who was he, though? Barry Livingston? Barry Livingston. He was Ernie. How do you know this? I say, as the guy who just remembered a movie with David Payne and Christy McNichol, which he gets a husband from Vietnam by writing on the sides of toilet paper. I, I watch lots of cable. I was just going to say. Because I spent most of my life alone and without gas in my car. I was actually just going to say, as soon as I said, how do you know this? I realized it's the same reason I know all of this. Ernie is my favorite son, by the way, of my three sons. My three sons, on which there are four sons, actually. That's a little known fact. And one daughter. No, there's no daughter. They they added that uh, obnoxious kid named Dodie on the last season. When, that when is he married, right. Uh, I remember, remember that. that. Oh, my God. We were just talking about that album. Who brought that in? <laughs> okay. Chris Paddock, who is the program director for KUFO. Mm. Right here. I remember had, doesn't just own, had in his office the, Maybe 30, giveaway. the 33 RPM by Christy and Jimmy McNichol. What year did that come up? You want to guess? I say 77, 78. 78? Yeah, because I remember I was a music director at that point. One of my first jobs. Did you add this as a power? Was this an occurrence? Well, I was told if I, if I gave it, like... At least a, a top 30 that I could have taken to something I really wanted to see in Boston. Well, give, me, give this a paper ad. Uh, we'll have some whores sent up, and you'll get a trip to uh, Palm Springs. So yeah, why did Chris Paddock not only own this? I mean, I know why he He may be this, a fan. But why would he have this in his office? Special thanks to Burt Reynolds. <laughs> um, uh, because Chris Paddock is one of your people. He really is. You know what he is? He's another high-fidelity nerd. Mm. Um, all songs written by Phil and Mitch Margot. I don't know who that is, but there are the obligatory bad rock and roll covers. And look at Jimmy McNeil's smooth waxen chest. Not a single hair on that chest. What do you think he is there? Like ten? That's a full on like uh, Aaron Carter. No, Nick Carter. Who was the one that was like marketed to pedophiles? I don't know. There's one of the Carter brothers where they the had that. The younger one? Yeah, remember they put that out that creepy record called like Pajama Party, and oh, it's him and like Carter. like him and his underwear jumping on a bed, <laughs> like surrounded by stuffed animals. Um, he, okay, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking here at this album. Keep in mind, this is a full-on album by Christy and Jimmy McNichol. Um, the obligatory bad rock and roll covers. He's so fine. Rock and roll is here to stay. My boyfriend's back. Uh, original songs include He's a Dancer. Girl, You Got Me Going. Box on Wheels. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, go for it. Oh, but we don't have a... I don't think we have a record player here. I don't think we have a... I don't think we can play vinyl here. No. Oh, it's in good condition, too. Not a scratch on it. Oh, that's wonderful. It's mint. Oh, man. Oh, okay. I wonder how much that's worth. I'm going to have to ask him if I can, like, at least just maybe, like, take this home and and pull the audio off of this. I mean, I know it's going to be awful and probably not even that interesting, but it's like we have to play it now. That's amazing that he would just have this in his office. Hmm, I guess IMDB is wrong. I'm on the Biography Channel. I don't see anything. I remember saying that. Um, Wait, who did you say was... Who did you, what did you say, who was named Dodie that you were just talking about? That was the girl that was added on to, like, the last season of My Three Songs. Oh, because there's somebody named Dodie on here, but I guess it's not the No, same. she was some obnoxious chick. Well, that's well, that's the way it always is on those shows. Uh, yeah, there were, so there were four sons and a daughter on My Three Sons. Ernie is actually my favorite of the four sons, though. And every time, and every time I, I look at him, first of all, did you, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Did you think that Ernie on My Three Sons looked, uh, I mean, maybe he was. Was he um, Azen? Oh, I think the glasses made him look Asian. Wow, really? Yes, I'm serious. <laughs> do these glasses do, do these glasses make my ass look Asian? But, but I've, I've I've known other people who look Asian with certain color kinds of glasses. How do you? I mean, what is the mechanics I, behind I, that? Do you I've, I've, I've said that to other Caucasian people. Really? Yes. I'm sorry, are you Asian or are you just wearing spectacles? Exactly. Is that is that what happened with Stephen Korjagugu or whatever his name is? I don't know. That's why Sarah thought he was Asian. Um, okay. Anyway. Damn it, Ernie. Hey, Uncle Charlie. Can you imagine that was... Glasses like, make you look Asian. You know, William Demers played all these heavies during his movie career, <laughs> and the last great role of his career was him wearing an apron in the kitchen. <laughs> Emasculated and taking yeah. care of a bunch of motherless brats. All right. Um, oh, hey, and without look, Fred McMurray, look yes. we can get Don Lynn, who played Dodie Harper Douglas on My Three Sons. Okay. Now I'm curious. <laughs> wow, we have frittered away an entire day talking about bad, broken-down TV celebrities. But I, I, wouldn't, I think she is somebody or became somebody. I wouldn't have it any other way. Don Lynn. Let's see. Who else can we get here? Um. Yeah, there's really no. Oh, we can. Oh, she is. The, she is the sister of Leif Garrett. Really? Yeah. Um. I wonder if he injured her in any way. I wonder. I wonder. 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 What, what, what parts of her body? Uh. Parts of her body he damaged. See, the last time she worked was in 1978 <laughs> on a on a Wonder Woman episode. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonder what she's doing today I, as of. I don't know. Oh, she and her husband had to move to Hawaii due to a job transfer. She has. A, <laughs> she has a small bike of her own. Okay. So she, I guess she had to share a bike at one time. Oh. So she did get her own bike. By the way, this... She uh, enjoys bike riding, hiking, snorkeling. We both like reading, soup. Watching movies with her husband. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy drinking myself uh, blind. See what happens when we don't have guests? Um, uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, they've just added Peter Noon. Boy, Peter Noon is everywhere. Uh, he's one of those guys... Every time I turn on the radio or like... It, it, Peter Noon is one... You've got to hand it to that guy. Mm-hmm. He easily could have been forgotten because Herman's Hermits were, you know, they're really kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah. Uh, you've got to hand it to Peter Noon for a having a pretty good-looking hairpiece. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty convincing rug. Uh, and and he's done everything except to swallow an esophagus cam. No, it's true. But unfortunately, he's here wearing really tight leather pants, and he's like a hundred years old. So oh, that's bad. That's no one should do that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Rick. Hey you. Hey buddy. Hey, hey, hey Charlie. Yes. I, I turned in a little late. Uh, did you know that Ernie was on Mad Men? 
Ernie, wait, hold, no, you stop. Ernie from My Three that, Sons my was friend. on Mad Men? Ernie was one of the executives on Mad Men. Go to it and Google it. I saw it. You I, are lying. You are making that yeah. up just to toy with my emotions, and I yeah, won't I, have it. I was, I was sitting there watching oh. it with my wife, and I pointed at the oh, camera. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, do, do you know this to be true, or is this just speculative I based know, on the appearance of one of the actors? I know it to be fact. Who was he on Mad Men? He played one of the executives in one of the one of the meetings, one of the one of the ad. You know. Okay, it says he was Dwayne Davis for one episode. Who was Dwayne Davis on Mad Men? He, I think he had one line. Oh, I, really? How sad. It was great. I mean, it's a little bit of stunt casting. You you got to admire the stunt cast. That you know what it is. That's like when we do those jokes that we call one percent jokes. Yeah. That was like a one percent stunt cast. Then, if Ernie from My Three Sons had, because that show he is set in nineteen sixty. If he had, like, a one line in Mad Men, that's pretty great. Now, see, wow. now, you know what? He's regularly appeared in series all along here. No. He, he even has a great. film in production. He looked perfect for the role. I mean, he, the way he looks now, bald and bespectacled, he looked perfect in that role. He works at least once a year, if not twice, sometimes three times. That's more than you can say for us some years. Yeah, that's true. Get him on the show. All right, no, done and done. Oh, I have a... Thank I, you, sir. So right. he's a bald guy. He doesn't look the same as he did on My Three Sons. Well, no, I mean, he's he's he too like, old. He's too he was, old for Uncle Charlie to give a bap to, because he was tan and Asian on that show. Well, he's not wearing his Asian glasses anymore. That sounds like a song. I'm not wearing my Asian glasses anymore. I think we've all become stoned or something today, except for Sarah. Who yeah, just... I think it's just you two. Hi, Sarah. How you doing? I'm sorry for neglecting you for like the last three hours. How you doing over there? I'm changing my MySpace background. <laughs> I'm going to leave it, the room in a few minutes because I I just want to get hypothermia in my... <laughs> <laughs> you love it there. Well, let's do this final call, and then we'll do the Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Afternoon, guys. Tim, my three yes. sons, wasn't... Um, th first off, the daughter, she was the daughter-in-law when she married Robbie, right? No no no, 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 you're confusing. No, no, no. There was, Robbie got married, which is why they brought in Ernie. They adopted Ernie. That was my next question, is that Ernie was, a, was adopted. He, was, he, he was wasn't a, a real kid there. No, 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 he wasn't a real kid. I'm sure all the adopted people in the audience appreciate that. You are half a child. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to catch the words wow. that came out of my mouth, but it was too late. Jesus God. No, it was. <laughs> Hello, pseudo-son. The, the oldest son went off to college. No, okay, the, let's stop. I don't remember that. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the evolution, as I recall it, of my three sons, and then I swear to God we'll talk about something that's happened in this decade at least. <laughs> and then, of course, there was two Uncle Charlies, too. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not, no, 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 that's not true. Now, see, there you're wrong. There's one Uncle Charlie. And the there's one Bub. Bub. That, oh, that's right. That was you're William right. Frawley. Yeah, there was right. from uh, I Love Lucy. Correct. Correct. Right before you get killed by a car crossing the street next to his house <laughs> at the Hotel Knickerbocker in Hollywood. That's where they got the adopted lived in his final years. <laughs> the Hotel Knickerbocker. That's where he, had, he lived. Okay. It's still there. Wow. <laughs> I, I wish we could somehow harness this pop culture knowledge. We could power small cities with this. Um, you just unveiled more knowledge about William Frawley than, like, anybody on Earth. Well, um, he deserves to be remembered. Well, you know who hated hey, him? You know who hated him was that woman who played... Oh, uh, Vivian Vance? Yeah, she despised him. Well, there was quite an age difference there between yeah. them. Um, okay, so here's the deal, though, on My Three Sons. Mm. So... So they started off on My Three Sons with uh, Rob, Chip, and Mike. Mike. That was Tim Considine who left. Mike left the show. 
Ernie. I don't even remember where they found Ernie. I think it was adopted or something. Uh, well, no, no, no. They adopted him, but I mean, like, from where? How did he... he... Wandering the neighborhood? They found him on the street corner. So they said... They left him in the mailbox. We've left you an Asian boy. Uh, we So, well, now that's going to bug me, because I don't remember how they discovered Ernie. I do remember the episode when the adoption was formalized, though, because... Uh, because Chip and Ernie had become friends on My Three Sons. Wow, boy, this show is stupid. Chip and Ernie had become friends on My Three Sons. Then Fred McMurray made the move to adopt Ernie, and I do remember the episode climaxed with going to court, and they come out, and Ernie said the following exchange of dialogue, which I inexplicably remember after like 25 years. This exchange uh, took place. Um, Ernie walks out of the courtroom, Chip is standing outside, and Ernie says, Hey, guess what? I'm your brother. And Chip says, Great, you want to get a soda? Because to children, such differences don't matter. And and then and that was like the end of the episode. So I remember the episode where they adopted Ernie, but for the life of me, I don't remember, like, where Ernie came from. He doesn't have any, I mean, he was like 15 or 12 or something. I mean, he was, you know, the, the, Probably. Uh, not a, he was not a child. I mean, he was, a, you know, a young man, but had no parents for some reason. Did Fred McMurray just find him, at, you know, like sitting in a park or something? Did they just, I mean, was, was he just like, was he just like sleeping on a grate? And they just, uh, kids, I brought home this Asian boy. I mean, I don't understand where how that happened. Maybe one of these people knows. And then we have to break, for the love of Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, thanks, ass. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Okay. Hey, uh, is that you? He, he was He was Chip's best buddy from the neighborhood and I think he his parents had died and he was like in the neighborhood with an uncle or aunt or something like that and I mean he was Chip's best buddy you know at the very beginning of things before they even thought of adopting him and then something came up towards the end of what should have been the final season, and they decided, well, shoot, we'll just adopt him and pull him into the family here. Yeah, and I do remember the adoption episode, but you're saying he just, it, it, from the very beginning, he was introduced as an orphan. Uh, yeah, pretty much so. He was, like I say, he was Chip's best buddy, or not even Chip's best buddy, he was like a tag-along, because he right. was like three or four years younger. All right. And he was like Chip's shadow buddy. I do appreciate the fact that my three sons that they didn't introduce like a small child or a baby or something that they did have the sense at least to to keep him more or less in the same age group. Well, that that was what happened with the whole Doty thing, was that was the small child baby that sort of got pulled in. I don't remember Doty. See, that's the thing is I don't remember Doty at all. Was Doty the child uh, of one of the kids on the show, or where did Doty come from? No, she was a child of uh, Beverly Garland. Yeah, who got married to? Was Rob married to Beverly Garland? No, the old man. Fred McMurray got married to Beverly Garland. Dad, oh, and Dad then... got married, and she was like the Did she new have the mom's... baby when when she met him? Was it like a Brady Bunch thing where she already had yeah. the kid? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but I don't I don't know if it was actually hers or if she had taken it over from a sister or something like that. She'd stolen it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we should bring the curtain down on this. Thank you, sir. And then after yeah. that, she she opened up a, a hotel in North Hollywood. I don't know if it's still there or not. You on the show or in real life? In real life. It was the, the Beverly Garland Holiday Inn or something like that. Fantastic. William Frawley hit by a car. Yeah. Didn't know that.
Okay, so uh, before we end this segment. You're not a heart attack, I think. What, at the same time? Probably. <laughs> it was a bad way to go. Was he, you have a heart attack and it was just run down by the ambulance that was coming to rescue him? Um, as, it as was a, a heart attack. As an anvil fell off a building and crushed him. Uh, so what have we learned from this? Uh, we have learned from today uh, that we have to get Lisa Loring on the Rick Emerson program. Lisa Loring of Wednesday Adams fame. Um, do we have anybody else to, today that we've decided we have? To, we and we need to get what's his name on. We need to get a uh, uh, Barry Livingston on, who played Ernie. By the way, did you know that Barry Livingston, who played Ernie on My Three Sons, was the brother of Stanley Livingston, who played Chip? Yes. Real life brothers. Yes. So they were both Asian. Jesus, what a weird world this is. Let's be done with this hour, huh? What do you say? Vote. Show of hands. I suppose so. Let's end. Uh, back after this. Uh, Jim Rube coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, Tim Riley returns later on. And uh, uh, let's see. Well, then, let's break. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. We are terrible. Public enemy number one. My folks say freeze. And I got young. Then I told them never really never had a gun. But if the wind doesn't hurt me, they didn't have fun. Yeah, they got me in a cell from my record. They sell from the front of life. He said, well, back to the property. I think you want to do you have something amusing? Oh, come on. Don't leave your uncle teabag hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. God, David Cross is a genius. And I can't find that blue man group thing anywhere, and it's killing me. Is this where he's, I have to go, I have to go blue myself? And he's just like, huh, I just blew myself. <laughs> I found it last time. Aaron sent me some. Uh, back on the blue man group tip, this email says, Rick, while I appreciate that caller's story about having his throat. <laughs> I got to pre-read these. While I appreciate that one caller's story about having his throat probed by the Blue Man Group, I still don't understand why it would ever be a good idea to forcibly uh, orally assault an audience member with a camera. I mean, really, honestly, WTF? Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing, sir. I'm, I'm not able to answer that question. Let's see here. I'm just going to pre-read this next one here. This says, um, this says penis watch. Oh no, I'm not going to read that. No. Nope. 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 No. Too gross. Yeah. Uh, just unpleasant. We'll read it later. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Rick, did you know that Wednesday Adams was married to porn star Jerry Butler? I remember reading in People that they had marriage problems due to his sexual addiction. Uh, this was back in the nineties. My name is Doctor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> is this an analrapist? Yeah. Yes. All right. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Five oh three seven three three uh two nine seventy. All right, uh it is two ten. Are we getting roop right now? Is that the deal? I don't know. Richie talked to the CNN guy. Richie, are we having roop at two ten? I only I'm only asking because uh it is now uh this is funny. Richie's now putting calls caller information on the screen for callers who aren't there. Uh yeah. Yeah, let me know if we're supposed to be talking to Roop here before I start the before I start something else. I'm only asking that. All right, 
Uh, before we do any, now, see, and I can't dial out now while he's on the phone to Roop. Uh, I was going to call. In fact, you know, while we're while we're doing this, while we're waiting for Jim, I'm sorry. I apologize. Everybody has to. Uh, I have to finish this cup of coffee. Hold on. Up here in just a few, uh, we're going to call upstairs to our good friend Bridget and see if we had any luck in uh, tracking down the douchebag uh, who tried to steal the Spam-A-Lot contest yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, if you have not entered uh, your Spam sculpture, you got to be doing that. People have asked uh, clarifying questions about this. Uh, there's a couple of the, the, the frequently asked questions. Doesn't matter what kind of Spam you buy. It does have to be Spam, though. We would like for it not to be, like, generic potted meat product or whatever uh you can cook the spam you can do whatever uh but you can't use any other foreign objects in other words you can't go buy like a bunch of tinker toys or lincoln logs or something and, and then use that with the spam the sculpture itself must be made wholly and totally of spam also try not to be a big raging dick and just find somebody else's work on the internet and send that in as your own uh, we'll talk to Jim Rube, then we'll talk to Bridget and see if we were able to track down the guy who, from all uh, uh, appearances, did in fact uh, try to cheat us out of a thousands and thousands of dollars prize. Uh, just feel. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent James Rube. Hello there, sir. Howdy. How are you, my brother? I'm doing well. Hey, thank we you. Uh, we posted that flyer of you and the Odd Couple. Oh yeah, and uh, the audience feels that you look good without a mustache. Not that you look bad with it, but they're saying you look you look good clean shaven. Oh yeah, well, there you are. It does sort of seem like you would be cast as Oscar. Did you? Uh, is Felix what you auditioned for? No, no, it's what I was asked to portray. It's true. I mean, I, I am more Oscar, more I mean, so than Roebuck, actually. Yeah, I um, mean, because Roebuck's the woman in this relationship. But I think that they, I was just too small. He's a big guy. That's true. Yeah, I guess I, I guess Oscar is supposed to be sort of a big, kind of a big schlub. Yeah. Kind of a big imposing. But, I mean, well done on the top billing, too. Look at oh, you. Oh, thanks. No, Thank, you. Thank you very much. It really is great. Uh, so uh, we've got a few people who um, are in or around that area. Is that running through Sunday? Is that is a wrap-up this week? Oh, uh, yeah. No, not Sunday. Sunday's the SAG Awards. So just Friday and Saturday night. All right, then. Uh, hey, what? So the SAG Awards, well, that will, what's, what's going to happen with that because of the... Is there some strike going on with them, or am I conflating all of it now in my head? No, they 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 have been granted an interim waiver by the Writers Guild because the actors have been marching with the writers through this entire wow. thing. They've been shoulder to shoulder, so they they're the only ones really that's gotten uh, a waiver to use union writers. So they've got a little credit built up. Absolutely, Excellent. which is good because when the when the actors go on strike, if they go on strike, when their contract is up in June. Then the writers will be right with them also. Wow! Can you imagine if this strike is still going on, and then the then the actors go on strike too? Oh, the L.A. will cease to be. Jesus. Yeah. Well, do you know offhand about what percentage of the California economy is based on the entertainment industry? Uh, it's it's not the it's not our biggest uh, industry, uh, but it is the second largest industry, I believe. I mean, with thirty percent in the state. 
I mean, no, I think it's more like 40%. Jesus. I can't even imagine if, yeah, if, if the writers are still on strike and the actors go on strike. You're right. That place will just implode. I mean, that'll be like a last one out, turn off the lights kind of a deal. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's I, I think it's nearly 50% of Southern California's uh, in, uh, top industry. Jesus. But um, as far as the state goes, agriculture is still number one. Uh, well, let's talk uh, lamentably about Britney Spears. We 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 kind of got under the gun yesterday, and we weren't able to, to do your segment, which is fine because there wasn't anything really insane that had happened yesterday that we knew of. Although there's something that we've got here, and then Sarah, I think, has something else. So now let's get to yesterday. So I guess I can tell you what I saw. Okay, so what did, were you at Britney's custody yeah. hearing? Okay, what did you see? Well, I I saw. Federline arrived, then I saw her arrive, and they went down into the underground garage, and they came up that way, which is how they avoided all the crap. Right. Um, she went through screening, um, went into the holding room where uh, you wait until your hearing is, is called, and right as the hearing was being called, she decided she didn't want to stay. She told the deputies, I, I want to go. And she wasn't required to be at the hearing. They couldn't make her stay anyway, so she went. And the judge was sitting in the courtroom for five minutes until the attorney finally said, I don't know if she's going to show or not, but I don't want to delay the hearing. So they just went on with the hearing. Now, does it? if she's not required to be there, does it hurt her that she went home? Yeah, it still hurts her. I mean, because of the history of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She, I mean, this is the farthest she's, got, she's gotten. She's gotten to the courthouse and not gone in. This time, she not only got in the courthouse, she got all the way nearly to the courtroom, but she still has never set foot in that courtroom. I, I mean, very I, strange. I cannot imagine at this point that there is a judge in the country that would take the risk of giving her her kids back. Yeah, the judge didn't change the order yesterday. Yeah. He, you know, because I mean, all you need is to give the kids back, and then she, you know, kicks one of them out out, out the car window, uh, and then the judge who did that is just going to be running a town on a rail. Well, well, even when she did have visitation rights, the court appointed person that was there because they were supervised visitation uh, visitation. Said that, you know, she was on the phone smoking, eating. The kids were just playing by themselves. She really didn't have much contact with them when she did have them. And then that whole weird thing uh, earlier this month when she barricaded herself in the bathroom, refused to give the kids up, you know, and then she wound up being taken away to the hospital and observed Jesus. for unknown substance intoxication. And yet Heath Ledger is dead. Heath Ledger's the one that we lose. Isn't that the injustice, man? Brittany lives forever. Uh, and, and Heath Ledger takes one too many sleeping pills and, you know, is gone. Well, Spears apparently has done one thing right. Uh, she's not been in jail. You yeah, know, well. Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton can't yeah, say but, that. But, but, I mean, but, I mean, let's be honest. That's not for lack of trying. True. I mean, she has been on camera repeatedly endangering others in her car, including yep. her kids. She's on camera shoplifting. Uh, the only reason she's not in jail is because Property there's, damage. Yeah, there's just, yeah, no prosecutors had the guts just to say, well, F that, you're going to be arrested now. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, which would be really gratifying. So, Sarah, do you have... What yeah, I just this? found it. Listen to this crazy story that Sarah has about Britney. Okay, it's from OK Magazine, and it says, uh, just before midnight on January 19th, Britney bought a bunch of champagne. Um, the occasion, she invited six members of the paparazzi home to her party. The photographers um, were asked to leave their cameras outside, but otherwise enjoy themselves. They um, were accompanied by Sam Lefty. They drank, smoke, uh, smoked, ate leftovers from the fridge, and laughed for two hours as Amy Winehouse played in the background. Then, just as suddenly as it had begun, the party came to a screeching halt. Brittany went into her bedroom and came out in a different pair of jeans and in her pink wig. Her eyes were wide, and she was screaming, How the F did you get in here? Get the F out. Sam, get them out. Why are they eating my food? Get them out. Oh, there you go. Oh, well. And so they're saying, like, it looked like one person walked into that bedroom and somebody else walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... 
Which one am I speaking to now? Yeah, totally. Is this Brittany it's like five, or is this Morgana? Five, well done. Good reference. Four Faces of Eve or whatever that is. Uh, the, I mean, I'm no psychiatrist. It seems highly unlikely that Britney Spears actually has multiple personalities because if you ask any cop, any lawyer, any doctor, that's like multiple personalities. That is the go-to uh, psychosis for people who want to get out of uh, responsibility for their insane behavior or yeah. who are just like attention whoring. Uh, it, it does seem likely that she's probably high all the time. And so that just voluntarily, like it, like in her own head, has decided that this is a great way to deal with situations she doesn't like by just pretending that she's somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and and it obviously works because no one calls her on her idiot juvenile BS behavior. So that's true. All right. Well, I'm. It's 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 so weird, man. Yeah. And and you know, for all intents and purposes, man, she was going to be in that courtroom. And I tell you, as. You know, I don't think I'd invite Kevin Federline for a beer, but he's looking like a better human being these days. Well, as I would say, if you're fat, you hang out with fatter people. You look thin <laughs> by comparison. All right. Are you on the clock tomorrow, sir? No, I don't think I am. All right. Well, uh, big plans for the weekend. Are you? Are you? Or you got the thing? You got the the play, and then you got the SAG Awards. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, break a leg, as they say. Thank and, you, sir. And uh, we will talk to you very soon, my brother. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, James Roop in Los Angeles. Wonderful. Ooh. And I didn't say Macbeth. Uh, let's do, let's see. Hold on. Let's check with Bridget about the Spamalot contest, then we'll take a break. Hello. Hello, Dave Zinn. How are you? Hi. Uh, do you have any more pimp news to share with us today? Um, Richie's not very good at Madden video game. Well, I could have told you that would be the case. He has uh, upcoming uh, projects, which are soon to be disclosed. Please tell um, me Please tell me the Pimp Squad is working on follow-up recordings. Follow-up recordings, and I, I think even um, Richie with the T might even have a, some solo plans. Really? He's already going to... He's going to be the uh, Ice Cube. He's going to decide to do break, break out on his own? Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, is Bridget around? Here you go. Thank you. Is What's this like a, music? a hypnosis tape? Visualize yourself. That sounded like stopping smoking. The beginning of. Hello, uh, this is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. It's Rick. Hi. Hey. Hey. Did we ever hear back from this dick who um, we think was trying to cheat at the spam contest? No, he hasn't responded to me at all. Th that really is amazing. Uh, had did, did, he was probably listening to the show yesterday and heard the whole thing. Do you think we shamed him? I hope we have. Do you think we sufficiently? Because seriously, I'll go to his house. I mean, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll drive you there. Yeah, I'll go. I got nothing. My wife's out of town. I got nothing but time. I got time. I got a station vehicle, and we got a gas card. So doesn't matter to me. If he, if he keeps ducking us, I'll go to his house. Well, I mean, I can't believe he hasn't even responded to me. He responded quicker when he uh, sent in his fake photo yeah. than, uh, than would, now he's ignoring my email. You would think he – now, can you see if the email's been opened? Well, no, I just sent it from my personal email to make it really... If we if we send it from CBS, can we see if he's opened it? Yeah, of course. Why don't we send him another one from CBS, okay. and that way we can track whether or not he's read it. Okay. And I guess just we could just say the same thing, like, hey, great spam sculpture. <laughs> Why don't you call us back or email us? We'd love to see more photos of it. <laughs> Yeah, upload them here. Yeah, seriously. And just and that way we can track and see when when he actually looks at the email. I can definitely do that. Because I have to tell you this. Uh, it, it, we were sort of annoyed about it yesterday when it looked like this guy was trying to cheat. But as annoyed as I sort of was and you and Susan and I were annoyed, that is nothing compared to the email I got from the audience about it. The audience wanted to go to his house with, like, pitchforks and torches. <laughs> 
I mean, spam at him. Oh, no, I got an email from people who were like, F that guy, I just bought a bunch of spam, and now I'm covered in grease. Screw him. So the audience was ready to go, like, to, to tar and feather that guy. Well, I'm on their side. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, yeah, let me know the uh, the outcome of that. Will do. All right. Thank you, Bridget. You're welcome. Right, there you go. Bridget from upstairs. Fantastic. Uh, by the way, you can find out more at 970.am. Uh, we are uh, giving away free round-trip airfare for two to Las Vegas, a two-night stay at the Wynn Hotel, uh, and VIP tickets to see Spamalot in Las Vegas at the Wynn. Uh, ten finalists also win a d- d- deluxe edition of Monty Python's Life of Brian the Immaculate Edition. You create your sculpture made out of Spam. You submit it at 970.am. All entries must be received by 3 p.m. Friday, February 1st. Uh, see complete rules at 970.am. Let's do these, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick? What's up? Hi, uh, Sarah, Tim. Hello. Um, yesterday, I, I was going to see if I could get, get a little clarification. Yeah. Yesterday, I thought you said that people could use the the spam can. I think we decided, and, and I'm going to actually do this. I will, um, what's the word? I'll subvert, submit. Whatever. Whatever, I'll yield to whatever the official rules say. You can see the rules at 970.am. I do believe that they settled on you can use the spam and the can itself. But you know what? Don't take my word for it. Check the rules at 970.am. And and does the can have to be in the normal shape or can you like cut the metal out and make all sorts of weird stuff if you are allowed to use the can which i believe you are but again don't trust me on that if you use the can as long as you're not adding anything to the can you can do whatever you want with it but you could make any little shapes you'd like yeah as long as you're not in other words as long as you're not like painting it or something you know yeah you could like cut the make can origami or something you can do that yeah all right thank you gracias all right hi you're on the rick emerson show it's you. It's me. Miss me. <laughs> Hello. Well, I think there's somebody there. I don't hear anything in the background. Three, two. All right. Uh, let me just end by saying <laughs> greetings and salutations. <laughs> <laughs> Slav love chunk. Greetings and salutations, Jerome Todd. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have been chosen as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including tickets to see the Rose City Rollers, a copy of The Ten on DVD, a copy of The Game Plan on DVD, and the wonderful knowledge that, for at least this one week, you are just a little bit better than everybody else. Enjoy your newly elevated status, and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. That's why God created them. Thank you for listening, Jerome Todd. You are the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Sign up to become a Glorious Bastard at 970.am. Back after this. But it would have to be Ridicutarded. Not just Ridicutard. Ridicutard sounds like a retro. Sounds like what? Ridicutard sounds like some sort of scotch guarding product. Dick Clark says. (laughs) The cow says. Dick Clark says. All right. I'm sorry. Those. I know it's such a cheap joke. Try Bob's Martinizing Service now with Ridicutard. Five thousand from the future. 
Uh-huh. They'll just leave you alone for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you just work that out on your own. <laughs> well, by the... just inherit them, sir. That's what everybody else does. We have nothing invested in this. No. That's why everybody else just come by and look in the window at us for a while, and then they shake their heads and slowly walk away. Oh, by the way, Susan Reynolds has clarified for the Lot of Spam for Spam-A-Lot contest, uh, for which you could win a trip uh, for two to Las Vegas to Spam-A-Lot, you may use the can and the meat within. But that's it. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, Sam. this is Tim Riley. So once again, Portland has been named one of the top ten cities for independent filmmakers in the 2008 listing of Movie Maker Magazine. This is the sixth consecutive year that Portland has made the list beginning in 2003. Last year, Portland placed at number nine and bounced back up from number eight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, apparently it's a, a good place to film. Uh, a lot of people like the uh, the grittiness of it, the cloudy skies, the old cobblestone streets, brick buildings, contemporary architecture, all make it an independent filmmaker's playground. It's like having one big studio backlot. Really? Who is saying this? This sounds a lot like It hype. does, doesn't it? Who, who is, it, it who is, is making these claims? Now, let's see here. Uh... Is this a guy who has a monetary interest in films being made here? It says somebody named Shackleton. Ernest Shackleton, fabled Antarctic oh, explorer. It is uh, from York Shackleton, a writer-director of Street, starring Vivica Fox and Teresa Russell. Was it filmed here? Yes. I chose Portland because of the unbelievable cinematic beauty combined with a dark, gloomy grit. Hold on. We're it's looking like a right real, now. like, Gotham City. Mm -hmm. York Shackleton? York Shackleton. That sounds like a fake name. Hello, my name is York Shackleton. We're Sitting playing squash at the club this afternoon. Sitting in his smoking room. <laughs> Seriously, we have no. Uh, we're going to be at the. Uh, we're going to be at the club having brandy. Well, there was the also a lack of a sales tax, of course, a twenty percent rebate incentive, and the sixteen point two percent labor rebate. There is, that is. He has no entrance on. Uh, Permits are cheap. Tax incentives are reachable. Everybody's willing to help. Permits. What are those? You don't have to. You don't need those here. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm looking up his IMDb. Um, Recent films include Untraceable, Management, Follow, Selfish, Into the Wild, Into the Wild. Yeah, Street is his uh, latest his latest opus. Um, Paranoid Park, that's a Gus Van Sant skater boy movie. I, uh, okay, I'm looking at these uh, here. A lot of these, um, I don't know what kind of movies he makes. A lot of these titles sort of read like gay porn. Um, I'm looking at these. Cush, Roommate Wanted, Stealing Roy, Whiteout. Yeah, it does sound like that. Undressed, it? Carving the White. These all sound like gay porn films. So I think Sarah would like this guy, though. Um, he does. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm saying he's a, he looks like the sort of guy you might find to be dreamy. All right. What's his name? York Shackleton. Oh, Part of like the, the Shackleton name. clan. Yeah, of the uh, Shackletons. Of the um, Newport Shackletons. Boy, he's my age. He doesn't look it, though. All right. Um, well, anyway, so there you go. Oh, he's kind of cute. He's kind of a cute and a weird... He kind of looks like Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy. A little. little I, I was thinking John Mayer a little. I could see that. All right, here's Tim Riley. No, filmmaker, this is a really great place to make a movie. If only because everybody you know here... Either is a filmmaker or like has a roommate who is. Every single person in Portland. Yeah. Like hey, I need film, you know, camera. Oh no problem. I got a whole setup in my basement. Like everybody you know here, you are only one degree away from like having a whole film crew at your disposal, and it really is pretty great. I mean, that is true. If you come from some other place, I mean, you'll be a more things here than you will any other place. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one will see them, but you'll be in them. 
Exactly. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, production on actor Heath Ledger's latest movie has been stopped. No. Uh, this no. is The movie is The Imaginarium of Dr. Uh, Parnassus. It was uh, filming in London. So uh, that's that for now. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. He was due to arrive in Vancouver this Friday. Not America's Vancouver, the real Vancouver. To continue filming on the movie. He'll play a man who drives a traveling theater troupe to save his own young woman from the devil. Well, not anymore. Uh, let's talk about that, uh, that flying saucer in Texas. The Air Force Reserve Wing has changed its story about the night earlier this month that dozens of people in Stevens County, Texas, saw they saw a uh, UFO. Merrill Carl Lewis of the Air Force Reserve Wing, stated in Fort Worth, says previous statements about no jets flying were incorrect. So apparently uh, somebody was lying about this. At least that's what he says anyway. I'm I can't unclear. speculate on what they saw, but what I can tell you is there were 10 F-16s operating in that area between 6 and 8 p.m. So first they said there were no jets. cut him off. He was trying to explain. So first there were no jets. Now there were jets. Yes. I just, you know, I know that the Clydes of the world and the whatever, they get all, like Larry King did a full hour on this. Thing. Yeah. And I know that there are people who get their underwear in a knot about whether there was a flying saucer or whatever. It, but I just, I find it's one of those things where, like, you only have enough energy to care about so many things. I realize that there are probably mysterious things in the sky all the time that the government may or may not be covering up or lying about. I'm fully aware of that. I just, like, I just don't have the energy. Like, there are only so many huge cover-ups and government lies that, like, I can bring myself to. Didn't the Bush administration lie about 935 things? I believe so, the yes. Iraq War? Mm-hmm. I just, I have... Colin Powell about 300 things by himself. I have, I have no energy left over to care about flying saucer cover-ups. I... I'm glad someone else is there to care about it. I just, I can't summon up the energy to do it. I, it just wears me out even to think about it. Well, then we're going to talk about American Idol. Maybe you'll like that better. What are the odds of that? Uh, they had their hands full for those who didn't quite have what it takes to make it to Tinseltown when they did auditions in South Carolina. Right now, uh, some probably a behind her with a bull stick. Some, oh, well, he don't know who. Um, wait, wait, goes, stop, 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 stop this. No, no, stop this. <laughs> I don't even understand it's what's going on. That acid trip, doesn't it? Was he saying something about beating up the whores? It might have been. Well, this is I swear to God, I heard the word whores in there. I, I think that's your imagination. I will say, by the way, I do, I, love, it I do love that song. I think that's a really, really well-written, well-done song. The horse song? It's not full. Uh, no, I, that, that song, uh, Before He Cheats, that Carrie Underwood song, I really do like the song a lot. Um uh, I don't need to hear any of these people singing it up, but I think that guy says something about whores. Play it again. All right. Let's listen up. Let's hear if we hear it. Right now. Some probably a behind her with a pool stick. Some. Oh, well, he don't know whores. Um, then it goes. Putting the heat on the whores. Heat up the whores. Going to the next verse where it goes, um. You might save a little trouble for the next girl. I'm not going. Yeah, 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 yeah. My ringtone. My talent is too big for this competition to hold. Hmm. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that. Well. Anyway. Okay. So well, that's that. That's all I have for now. I don't need to watch American Idol ever. I mean, I really don't. Because all of the horrible things are just isolated down and given to us and things like that. And then if somebody... Did you see... I think Donna Microplane is just... Did you see that clip of Clay Aiken uh, when they were asking him if he watches American Idol? They're saying, hey, Clay Aiken, 
reasonably successful solo artist. Do you watch, because uh, I guess he's in Spam a lot now. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in the one in Vegas, though. Is he just in the Broadway production Spam a lot, yes. you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he, you won't see him in Vegas, sadly. Uh, but he's going to be playing, um, what's his name, Robin, on Broadway in Spam a lot. And he was being interviewed, and they said, let me ask you this. Right. And either one of you can chime in here. I'll just throw this out to the room. Okay, let's say you're Clay Aiken. The only reason anybody knows you is because of American Idol. That's mm-hmm. like where everything is like an inverted pyramid. Everything is because of that. So, do you still watch American Idol? How do you feel about that show? What's a good diplomatic answer that you would give? Tim, are you going I, I uh, watch it when time allows. Sarah? I'm not really, um, let's see, I'm usually not home around the time that it's on. See, something like that. Here's what I was thinking. When I heard them asking the question of, Clay Aiken, do you still watch American Idol? What I would say, I thought this would be an answer that is that, that is diplomatic, makes the question go away, is kind of funny, believable, doesn't pin you down to anything. Where you go, well, I try, but frankly, you know, that show, it's so stressful to watch. You know, having been a contestant on there, I remember what that was like. I remember just every week is, you know, you really want to do your best and there's a lot riding on it. I... Watching that show, you know, the emotions really all come back, and it's uh, it's a little too uh, it's a little too heavy to watch sometimes. That's an interesting answer. Like, uh, that's exactly what I would say. You know what he says, though? He gives this answer where they say, do you watch American Idol? And he goes, he goes well, no. I mean, look, uh, you know, we all went through high school, but you don't want to go back and watch your old high school team play. I mean, it was like the, like the biggest dick answer. Ungrateful. <laughs> Seriously. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I mean, and I don't really, I have no vested interest in Clay Aiken. None. Zero. Not a not a whit. If Clay Aiken was eaten by whales tomorrow, it would not affect my life at all. Uh, but even listening to him, the guy just comes off as like an ass saying that. So I see no redeeming qualities about him, and his voice is not that great. No, I like. There's nothing. He he looks just like uh, your buddy Stephen Kojo Carr or whatever. Maybe he looks like his hair he's is made out of he straw. He looks like a puffy woman. Has like, he, become... he was never good looking to begin with. He had these, like, freaky eyebrows, like this really ugly face. Has he become puffy? He's huge. <laughs> and he has, like, a page boy haircut with, like, feathered He's feathered huge. page boy hair. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't, uh... Oh, pleased to be Googling him. Oh, where's my I'm huge? I'm huge. I'm huge. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't have it. That's a shame. I, I thought I had an I'm huge. Oh no! I'm gonna to have to find it. Are you finding a picture of him right now? Yes, I'm, I'm right. Let's take this call. But Tim, are you uh, are you have more news? Or are you off to prepare news? You can. I mean, we're not, I'm off to prepare. We're news. not trying to give you the bums rush. I just want no, to give I you understand. a. Okay, no. ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. I think we talked enough for one day. Back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through Lycus. Well, tomorrow we can move on to uh, I Married Joan. All right, wait, hold on. You know, she had a long time affair with a big movie star. I'll tell you that tomorrow. Really? Okay, wait, hold on. I think we may have a... uh, Hold on. Do we have an I'm Huge? What kind of sin? No, this is... Oh, it's not isolated. Theoretically, there's an I'm Huge in here somewhere. Let's see here. Hold on. No. Not so much. No, I'm trying to find the I'm Huge. All right, well, what can you do? Uh, So you are finding a terrible picture of Clay Aiken while... I'm looking for a clip of somebody on a bad television... Not bad, but I mean a, a corny television program saying, I'm huge. Uh, let's see. I'm huge. I'm huge. No. MST 3K. That's a thing that I had. I don't know where it went to. Oh, wait. Hold, hold on. Oh, oh. I think I may have it here. Boy, this is like the big, the smallest payoff. Uh, for, You're for, still looking for I'm huge? I'm, because now it's like an itch you have to scratch, you know? Wait, hold on. That here? 
No, I've got nothing. Really, Rick? No, I look. Shut up! I was trying to, I was trying to find it. Oh wait, wait. Maybe it's here. Hold on. Are we are we ready for the minuscule payoff? Who's ready for the minuscule oh, payoff? Boy, am I. I'm huge. I don't even know what that was talking about anymore. Me either. I'm huge. We should play the Pimp Squad song again. <laughs> really? Honestly? Or are you screwing with me? No, I mean, if people haven't heard it, I can't really remember it from yesterday. Okay. Well, let's do these calls, and then we'll do it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Wow. Hi. Um, Hi. Yeah. Rick, uh, the, uh, the Stephen Cody Carl, the reason why he is so fat and puffy is because, yes, as you said, he did have a kidney transplant, and all of those anti-rejection medications that he is on will cause him to be that way. They didn't work, by the way. He rejected the kidney regardless, so he's huge for no reason. Ah, gosh. <laughs> yes, what's your name? Sherry. Sherry? Hi, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I uh, did miss part of the show for a while. So. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so apparently God hit him with the, with, the, with the hate stick pretty hard because he had a bad kidney. Then he had cancer, I think. Uh, he was almost dead for a while, I thought. Well, but he's come out of it looking fabulous and <laughs> and just more womanly than ever. I mean, I hate to go back to a thing that we did like literally four hours ago, but I was watching Larry King last night, and this is I made this the first note I made to myself last night. Hold on, let me find it. Where did it? Hold on, where did it go? Huge. Damn it! Uh, right here. Uh, note to myself: 9:45 p.m. Stephen Kojo Kojakaro equals weirdest looking guy ever. He does look different now. I have never... Uh, and the thing is, and I can't figure out, like, at this point in his life, and if you want to see who we're talking about, it's at sarahxdillon.com. Yep, I've, I've seen him on TV here recently. So. Okay, but let me ask you this. Is he good-looking or not? No, he looks really kind of different than he did before. I mean, I was trying to put my finger on whether he's attractive or not, and I just I just couldn't suss it out. I and really couldn't. Sarah's comment about his, him being puffy, and it's kind of like chipmunk cheeks. Kind yeah, of. no, it really is true. It is like he's yeah, he hoarding. Because I remember, nuts I recognized him from shows before all that treatment. He just looks like a completely different person. No, yeah. he does have the chipmunk cheeks. So he really did reject the kidney then. Yeah, no, Larry King of the Soul. So, uh, was it a good kidney? And then he's like, no, it was, oh, he said it was a really good kidney, but my body just rejected it. Mm -hmm. So, yes, well, he got got huge for nothing. He's still not a healthy person. No, huge teeth too. Really. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, final call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. I'm huge. Mm -hmm. All right, bye now. All right, we'll play this for no readily apparent reason. Back after this. Yeah, boy, straight out of P-Town. Hey, train, T-Dog, and money shots represent. It's the Pimp Squad. There's so many in your life, all your shorties are going to want to get back. It's the Pimp Squad. Three-headed pit monster about to get up on the microphone. It's the I'm Richie B and I like to swing. I know maybe that's not your thing. I don't care, I'll take you everywhere I can. Just remember I'm a big Asian man. I'll take you to the club called the ass. Pour you some cobra in your glass. Asian whiskey, get your frisbee. Make you say, oh, Don't try to sin. Open your ears and listen to it. If you don't like it, screw it. And if you do, I say, do ya. And if you don't, I say, booyah. After I fooled ya, I'm through with ya. Then I'll tell you I barely knew ya. It's the Pimpsquad. Richie, Kimmy, Adam, is our name. It's the Pimpsquad. Have a drink and puking in our game. It's the Pimpsquad.
Timmy. I'm Timmy Ryan from the LBC. All my homies know I'm a straight up G. I grew up in Cali back in the day. Moved to Jersey and showed the players how to play. Women dig my body and my smooth ass ways. Rolling in my six clothes, how to spend my days. If pimping could be learned, I would teach the class. If you try to diss me, I'll put the cap in your ass. T-H-E-B-I-G-G-E-S-P-I-M-P-I-N-P-O-R-T-L-N-T. And all your suckers know, and all your haters know, cause you can't let my flow. It's the pimp Lock up your daughters. It's the pimp Yo, all aboard the A-Train. Take a shot of Cobra whiskey, it'll open up your nasal. Make a pound of Jacob smell like bushels of basil. Or a juicy watermelon. Some perfume Macy's selling. What's that scent I'm wearing? Oh, that's pimp you'll be smelling. Cause when the pimp squad hits the town looking for women, all the girlies get ready and break out the fresh linen so that Richie can puke on it. And Timmy can hump on it. And I'll be in the corner drinking whiskey with a Cobra in it. Not connected to the CBS radio. We are affiliated with that pimp squad flavor though. Sarah Dillon may be saying we're dorks, but we've been getting more women than nerds who book reports. Ladies calling the show every day, saying I love the pimp squad, Rick. Who are they? They want to know us. They got to meet us. Because when it comes to pleasing chicks, ain't no one that can beat us. We've had more sex than Dr. Ruth. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And there's your pimp squad, Ministry of Truth. Uh-huh. uh-huh. There's your pimp squad, Ministry of Truth. What's that? Richie Bristol just threw up near a phone booth. Yeah. Richie Bristol just threw up near a phone booth. Yeah. Richie Bristol just threw up near a phone booth. Yeah. It's the pimp It's A-Train. The T-Dog. And Money Shot. Watch out because we're coming to your hood. Ah, oh, the pimp squad is so sexy. <laughs> I just got a copy of the email that Bridget sent to the spam cheater. It's pretty funny. Pleased to be reading. Um, she sent uh, the picture. We received your spam sculpture entry. We'd love to see more. Please upload your information and additional photos here. And then there's a link. We're very excited to see more pictures of your wondrous creation. Thanks again for participating in this exciting contest. <laughs> I'm Bridget. Well done, Bridget. Um, I love Bridget. No, when I go to get a haircut, we were just talking during the break. Uh, when I go to get a haircut, it's not that I feel like I have to look like the haircut I want to get because I know you're sort of getting gussied up for your haircut. It's, it's Why not... does it look so gross right now? I don't want them... To uh... give you a gross person's haircut? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just put a bowl on your head. We can tell you won't care. I am always very dissatisfied with my haircuts. I can't remember the last time. Nope, when I did um, and like that ad that I did last year. A year ago was when I got a good haircut. But then I went back to the same place and it wasn't a good one, so I'm going to give it another shot. Well, you go to the same place I do where it's kind of luck of the draw on who's going to do your mm-hmm. hair. Uh, I have to tell you, I've had really good luck there the last couple of times. Uh, it's easier for me, though, as a guy, because as a guy... Because me, I'm like, I want lots of layers, and they just subtly, like, clip off yep. the ends, and then they never give me what I want. I take off a little more, and then finally, after I've said, like, take nothing. off a little more four times, it's like, this is obviously not going to happen. The As a guy, it took me forever to figure out how to get a good haircut, because my whole thing was, she'll go, well, what do you want me to do? And I'll go, well... And my here's my vague instruction is always, well, basically, like it is now, just shorter, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, where I say, look, you can see where the proportion is. In other words, I have the front longer than the rest because I kind of do that Philip J. Fry thing. So I'm like, I have the front longer and then pretty much short everywhere else and my sideburns or whatever. And I say, just this, but bring it in. And that wasn't getting through somehow. So I learned that I had to say, I'm a number four, please. 
Because that's the clipper they use. The setting is the number four. Oh. Guys can do that. A girl can't do that, though. So I do. I don't. I don't envy you. Yeah, well, I'm we'll sure it'll luck. be fine. We'll see. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and James Roop. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave, Zoo, uh, Dave Zinn. Imagerist from upstairs is Bridget. And, of course, Susan Reynolds is the CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. Like us next. Like us 101 at 5 o'clock. Down to Mike at 7. See you all tomorrow. Don't let the masters grind you down. Watch it for snakes. Bye now. I'm huge. 